All right, everybody. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. I got Henry Wynn on. I got Brandon Winchell hello, on. Hello. And I got Fahim Kamal on. If you're keeping up with the podcast, they've all been on by themselves. And now the Avengers are assembling today. <laughs> you all are keeping up with the podcast, to... right? Oh, you better be keeping up with the podcast. So I'm very excited to have them on. I think they're all pretty smart and intelligent people. So I think we can have fun conversations. They're also my friends, of course. Probably argue that. Friends so <laughs> my first question to start us off is I feel like a lot of us are pretty like good at school and stuff. Mm-hmm. And to have to be good at school, one might need a good daily routine. So I was just curious, on an ideal day, what is y'all's daily routine? Whoever jumps in first can answer. I mean, I keep it pretty simple. Brush my teeth. Mm-hmm. And then I, well, I got to brush my teeth. I got to use mouthwash. Clean my retainers. And then I gotta, you have retainers? Yeah. Are they in right now? No, no, no. <laughs> They're like nightly retainers. Oh, um, nightly retainers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So They're just, like the Invisalign ones, though, so it doesn't look like I have them. So you, you know? just plug them in yeah. when you go to Wait, did you have braces when you were younger? Yeah. You don't really? remember? No, I guess I don't. <laughs> I need to get my braces, bro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I do that, and then, I mean, usually I'll try to go to the gym. It depends, because when I'm working, it's different. When I'm in school, it's different. Mm. But I always just brush my teeth, and then I eat, usually. And then I'll You either... eat after you brush your teeth? Yes. He that, t- it was him. T- it was him that made me do that. Wait, is there like a reason behind it? It's a, it's actually supposed to be better for you. Really? Because like when that's you... like wiping before you shit, though. <laughs> 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 is it not? Well, they, okay. This is the thing. Like, say you have some orange juice, right? Yeah. Like, that's acid that's in your teeth, and then you're brushing the acid in. Oh. It's weird because like I I had like a neighbor. This is a tangent, but no, I had like a danger <laughs> neighbor <laughs> a neighbor uh, when I was like long time ago and she used to make me feel weird about it i'm like this is normal brushing before but apparently not you yeah. sent me a tiktok it's you said there's bacteria on your teeth like when you wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and if you eat right after you wake up all that bacteria that's on your teeth is like getting fed basically wait but how do you get the bacteria in the first place i don't know Just when you exists, sleep like when you sleep it just exists. <laughs> how is that possible <laughs> You breathe like it in when you sleep? Spontaneous biogenesis, <laughs> yeah, bro, don't I you know? know? Yeah, those <laughs> are so probably weird. something to do with the period between your last brush and... Well, tell me, morning breath isn't disgusting. It is. So I, mean, I never know what my It's pretty horrid, yeah. Exactly, and that's bacteria. So then I think uh, the TikTok, you sent me this like a while back. It said like when you eat, it feeds all the bacteria like nutrients. I don't know. Yeah, I I'm glad we're getting myself. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy that I sent you that. You changed your whole life. Like, <laughs> no, literally, literally I, I didn't know. You I'm did glad that. you changed your whole life based on uh, a TikTok. A TikTok bro. It's influential. <laughs> it's it really is. Okay, so then you brush your teeth, mouthwash, you eat, then what? On an um, ideal day, usually after that, I like take a shower or something. I mean, it depends. If I'm going to the gym, sometimes I don't eat until after I go to the gym. Mm. So then I'll go to the gym and then I'll come home eat shower and then usually i'll take a nap because i'm really tired. yeah it's well if i have nothing to do the thing is i nap when i have nothing to do like if Are you i just have, like bored yes <laughs> i'm just bored i'm like youtube ain't cutting it and now <laughs> so yeah it's no it's better weird. shut off just for <laughs> yeah, hard reset uh-huh. bro um but yeah no that's pretty much it and my nightly routine is pretty long though um so i have to brush my teeth again you know smart and then i mouthwash retainers but then i gotta stretch um, you stretch so i stretch oh, my so legs smart. because i had shin splints um oh, wow. so i have like a whole calf stretching routine that Wait, i did what 
How yeah. do you stretch your calf? So like, you know how like you can like point your toe and I like make letters with my toe. Really? And then that's like, like do you my... go through the alpha? <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, yes, I do. Um, and it and that helps... stretches your calf? It's so it helps like the ligaments or something, but then oh, it wow. also is good for ankle mobility. And then I do like that's... a bunch of stretches with my like with a towel on the floor, and then I basically put one foot up and then put the other forward, and then like it stretches the back of your calf. Um, but then I got to fill my humidifier, and then I usually read before I go to sleep. It's a it's a whole. Oh, what process. do you read? Um, more nonfiction or fiction? More nonfiction. Yeah. Recently, I was reading Atomic Habits. I yeah, I, I remember this. that. Yeah, so good good luck, good luck. I feel like I'm the only one here that reads like fiction, like mainly. <laughs> hey, fiction has its benefits, bro. Creativity, maze uh-huh. runner, the maze runner, <laughs> bro. Fire. <laughs> I feel like I'm the only one here who hasn't read Maze Runner. Bro. Really? Oh, bro, yeah. You gotta read it. Fourth, okay. fifth grade, that went hard, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I, really, I just remember the movies coming out and like people going crazy over them uh-huh. for a bit and then like not ever again. Uh-huh. I remember I read the book and the day I got the book, the trailer came out and I was like, fuck, I gotta finish this. <laughs> All right, Henry, what about your daily routine? Let's see, my daily routine. Um, it just feels like whatever I feel up to. So I wake up, brush my teeth, eat. And then um, there's no school. Basically, I just hop on like a gaming console and just start playing some games. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I was in like high school, though. So lately, I guess it's been a bit changing. Now I try to keep practicing my hobbies and stuff. Which are? Which are drawing now. And then also Ooh. I've been getting into chess lately. Ooh, chess oh is fun, bro. It is. Yeah, it's, it's a really hard. fun game. Chess is hella fun. Like, so I just bought like this book on chess openings. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And I'm trying to study that because like my opening game is kind of horrid right now. <laughs> I get you. And then um, so I've, I've been, so I spent like an hour practicing drawing, an hour practicing um chess puzzles and stuff because those are those go hard mm-hmm. and then after that basically whatever i feel up to like if i uh w- since my mom just went to vietnam it's just me and my brothers at home so i'm trying to see if i can learn some more cooking skills so because i've never really cooked too much yes. before in my life so i'm trying to get that i made my <coughs> first fried rice a couple Ooh. of days ago we have a question what's the difference hard. between like making normal rice and fried rice so fried rice so normal rice <laughs> it's in the name <laughs> it's just- what is no stupid question. Okay. No like, question. We got like the grease and stuff. So normal rice, you just have the just the rice grains and stuff. You put it in a bucket of water, or like this. Yeah, you put it like bucket a bucket of water. Kind of a bucket. It's like a like a, a bowl, pot. a pot kind of thing. I mean, the rice cooker. Rice cooker <laughs> yeah. pot. Yeah, you put it in there. Put some water in there. Plop it in the rice cooker, <clears> and then just set it, and then just wait like half an hour, and then it's done. Right. So that's the regular rice. So I usually eat jasmine rice. Mm-hmm. Jasmine rice is great. Uh, I can't, I don't fuck with brown rice, bro. Like, I know it's healthier for you, <laughs> yeah. but like, it just tastes horrid to me. And so after that, like, so fresh rice, you just eat it. And then after like a day or so, like, if you have enough uh, old rice, that's when you put it into like a pan and then you fry it with a bunch of stuff. So like uh, chicken any meats any veggies and stuff you just mix it all together and uh yeah that's how you make fried rice you put eggs like put eggs in there yep just, it's just a bunch it's of the stuff. green onion thing oh yeah. okay Those i thought really... it was like some sea creature <laughs> <laughs> honestly it does scout. sound like a ski, sea creature but yeah, yeah you just throw in like whatever the fuck you want and, and how do you rice. feel knowing that you're going to be able to cook now um i feel great because apparently because apparently cooking is a very attractive skill for guys. Mm, no, <laughs> is it? And, also, <laughs> and then 
also, you know, cooking is just great for living in general. So <laughs> yeah, I, that's a good point. When I move out on my own, I don't want to be just be like on fucking cup ramen for like five days a week or something. And I'm actually kind of nervous because I've been eating chicken a lot this summer, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And my mom's been making it each time. And every time we're like, this time I'm going to watch you so I know how to make it. Oh, no. And then I like end up going somewhere or something. That's so I'm cool. leaving in like four days and I still haven't learned <laughs> chicken. And that's like all I eat. Like so, I guess we just have stress. to look up recipes and just follow the recipe because it's literally I'm just, just worried about step, making it raw. Like, like I have chicken my, is scary. My friend was trying to tell me, yeah, you wanted a little medium raw. Medium <laughs> raw chicken. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I think it was funny. You have to cook that shit all the way through, dog. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, the, the thing with chicken that people all say is like, make sure it's like thin and uh, like pound it down so it cooks evenly. Mm. Yeah. Oh. So or else you're gonna have like, it. oh, like, like a chicken like patty, like a you can use anything. Yeah, but like a anything? meat, yeah. <laughs> 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 like a meat pound. So yeah, um, so learn some cooking, um, and then after that, I basically do whatever I want with my day. Just like watch YouTube or um, I've been watching a lot of chess YouTube. <laughs> do you watch a uh, Gotham? Gotham chess? Yeah, yes, sir. God. This guy is h- fucking hilarious, bro. Yeah. Um, yeah, I watch a lot of Gotham. And then I just also just hop on my console. I've been replaying this game called Ghost of Tsushima. Very good game. And uh, yeah, so basically nowadays I'm just trying to work on my hobbies and then relax. So I get my mind like worked up and stuff. Do you have a night routine at all or anything? Night you do routine? At night? Uh, just brush my teeth. Um, smart trying to read books, but like, ah man, I haven't read a book in like a hot minute. Like, I read hey, my reading the chess books, I am reading chess books, yeah. So, it's trying to study stuff, but I typically like reading fiction books because mm-hmm. I don't know, they just scratch a good itch in my brain. Yeah, I like yeah. it. Fiction's fire, bro. okay. Okay, Fahim, your daily routine. All right, all right, so an ideal day. I, I'm gonna start with the day before, right? Oh, okay. What do you mean? It's, it's a two day process, because bro. I'll I, let you elaborate. I, yeah, let me elaborate. You got like an AD schedule, man? No, no, no. Uh, so, like, the night before, like, I just go to sleep at, like, I don't know, like 12 or something, usually, like, listening to something. For some reason, I don't have this bad habit now where, like, it's just easier to fall asleep when you're listening to, like, a podcast or, um, like, people just saying things, like, mm-hmm. You don't have to even like listen to what they're it's saying. It's just, just their just voice. Just the thing. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. Like, you know, I hope you listen to this podcast one day because then one day I'm going to like put a jump scare in there. <laughs> 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 Wake up! <laughs> That'd be crazy. <laughs> it confuses literally every single other person in your <laughs> audience. No, yeah, it's, a, it's a really deep cut. <laughs> I accept other people named Fahim. <laughs> like, how do they know? <laughs> um, so yeah, and then like I do that pretty consistently now. So, like, I wake up at 8, just, like, every day. Um, first thing I usually do is brush my teeth, you know, the usual. Uh, before mouthwash. you eat. Yeah, before I eat. I have to specify. Not after I eat. Um, just wait till buy your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> um, then shower, cleanser, lotion, sunscreen. Cleanser? Is that, like, body wash? Cleanser's, like, the... It's for your face. It's, okay. like... It just cleans is your Is it, face. like, Cetaphil? Do you know what the brand is? It's La Roche-Posay. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's always in the commercials. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's in the commercials, bro. You hear the La Roche Posay. Uh, uh, shower, get ready. I usually don't eat. I skip breakfast. I just drink coffee. Like um, Really? How do you like your coffee? With like, I don't know what it's called. It's it's a creamer. Ice cubes? Oh. No, no. <laughs> coffee, mate? 
It it might be. It's the one at Costco. It's I don't know. Uh, okay. It's like French vanilla. I, sometimes I drink it cold. Sometimes I drink it hot. It kind of depends. Mm. Um, then get to start. Like if it's like a school day, you know, do the school, do work, and then like <coughs> eat lunch um, after a couple hours, and then you know YouTube. I watch a lot of Twitch. Really? Um, yeah. Who do you watch? Uh, I watch a lot of GTA streamers. GTA? Yeah. There's a guy named Buddha. Buddha? <laughs> Buddha? Yeah. Whoa. Yeah, I think he like, stole that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder who. Um, and then, yeah, night routine is just basically the same in reverse. Except I don't cleanse at night. The same in reverse? <laughs> you take two showers a day? Not shower, but... Um, uh, what's it called? Brush. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Lotion. <clears throat> Do you lotion... The- this is gonna sound weird, but I'm curious. Do you lotion your whole body or just? Your I hair? should, but I don't. I just I, my okay. face. I do after I shower. I don't. Your whole body? Like, <laughs> are you just sitting it? there in the like, mirror naked? 85? Like, <laughs> at least you just going. So how do you reach every spot? That's what. And then we must go. You, you, you can reach every spot if you want. Yeah, but like to really rub <laughs> it in. You know, it's, it's I guess you don't shower. know. The lower back, bro. You just flexible. <laughs> <laughs> Just not my toes. That's the only part that I don't lotion. That seems like a very important part to lotion. Yeah, no. <laughs> okay. You're the, I don't lotion my it. whole body, but I have to lotion my hands because I got yes. eczema on like one finger. Oh, That's the weirdest. Weird. How do you have eczema on one finger? It's spreading, bro. It's not going to be just one finger no more. It makes me so Yeah. It's the worst, bro. Like it started on like just like this side and mm-hmm. I was just like, it got itchy. So I was like, I didn't think anything. I just thought it was like a rash or something. So I just scratch it. I know you're not supposed to yeah. scratch rashes, but I scratch a bit and it got worse and worse. And just one whole finger just got spread too. I was like, you kind of oh, got like fuck. a cool texture though. <laughs> it's not a cool texture, dog. I'm sure it doesn't feel cool. I imagine Shop, if you have it on your... Stop trying to be supportive. Yeah. <laughs> a cool texture. <laughs> All right. Try to see the positives. I appreciate that, but there's no positives to this. <laughs> wait, wait. What time did you say you go to bed at? Like 10. Or no, no not 10. 10. 12. Okay. That's what I've been trying to do. Uh-huh. Okay. So then I guess I'll go. So I'll start the day before as well. Mm-hmm. Go to sleep at around 12. Try to get my eight hours. Waking up at 8. Okay, send a picture to our group chat because mm-hmm. we're doing a sleep challenge. So I'm like usually a little nasty. <laughs> what is, wait, wait, what is a sleep challenge? Oh, okay. Oh, so we, this? for the next 90 days, like 30 days ago, we started a challenge. For the next 90 days, we'd wake up at 8 each uh-huh. day mm-hmm. and we have to send a picture to our friend to prove it. Oh. And each day we fail, we have to send them $10. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's my, monetary incentive. This is supposed to be a surprise, but I want at the end... I want to take all of our photos and put it in like a quilt, <laughs> and then we can always just sleep. Well, you're a fire. I think it'd be kind of fire. It'd be like a calendar with just our photos oh each God. day. But well, yeah. there's, day there's some really, so there's some really sus- suspect pictures. Yeah, we sometimes got I just take it real fast, and I'm like, Ugh. there's <laughs> ones where you're just like. <laughs> but yeah. see these. let's see what do i what do i do after i wake up so i send the picture uh sometimes i'll have 90 of these motherfuckers I, well except the days we fail except the days we fail but i'll try to meditate but if i don't meditate then i go straight to the gym because i like doing it in the morning now because then it's like done for the rest of the day and usually i'm like so fucking tired when i get there and it pisses me off <laughs> i'm just like damn i could do so much better if i wasn't tired so, you know, it's, it's a balance. It's a balance. So yeah. then I finish working out. I get home. I drink a protein drink. And then I'll eat like a bowl of something. The chicken my mom made, perhaps. That you didn't study. That I did not <laughs> learn how to make myself. And then I'll either work or watch YouTube, depending on what I have to do. 
Uh, sometimes I'll do a podcast. Uh, so this is we're part of the routine. Bro. Yeah, yeah. Talking talking about I didn't us work right out now. today. Because, <laughs> I'm gonna work out later. But anyway, so I do the podcast, or I do work, or I watch YouTube, and then I do all that to like night, and then night I will journal, brush my teeth. Oh, I forgot to say I brush my teeth in the morning. Actually, honestly, <laughs> honestly, I don't brush my teeth every morning. It should be a I brush yeah. it every night. And then I brush it sometime throughout the day, but it's not always in the morning. As long as you get, get it yeah, in the morning throughout the day. When I wake up, I'm like, my breath is nasty. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just thinking, like, I can't smell my breath. <laughs> no one else can. Have you ever done that? I try, and it's oh. just so hard. I think I have a shit nose. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> so at night, I will brush my teeth. Always at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Journal. I'll try to read for 30 minutes. And then I go to sleep around 12. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's, but this has just developed like this summer in high school. I know I like started this conversation about us being good in high school. Mm-hmm. Like it was going to relate yeah. somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had a shit routine in high school. I just yeah. go to sleep, whatever, wake up, whatever. Yeah. I go to sleep when I finish my work. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay. Well then on that, this could be a fun topic. Since we did do well in high school, what about like advice for any high school students watching? I, I know you guys have kind of done this on the podcast you did in the past right mm-hmm. so you guys should be experts i mean i guess but like honestly i don't really have much advice <laughs> okay okay what about like okay here's a scenario i'm a kid i'm in like five classes that are pretty hard yeah. and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden each class assigns homework due in the next two days okay i get home mm-hmm. or you get home you're the one in the scenario what are you how are you scheduling your time See, the problem is, like, the way I would do it is probably not the way I would tell other <laughs> oh, people to do oh, it. Yeah. Okay, let's just hear how y'all did it, then. So, I... like, got home, watched some YouTube. <laughs> it's 5 o'clock now. <laughs> like, oh, assignment do be due tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, you know, just, just pummel through. And, um, but I would say, you know, just get it done whenever... Whenever you can, uh, whenever not at, like whenever you can at like the earliest possible time. Have you guys heard of Parkinson's law? No. Oh, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's, it's like the idea that twenty minutes or something. No, no, that's Pomodoro. That's oh. also really good though. Parkinson's law. I've been thinking about recently is like if you set a deadline for some amount of work, then your work will fill that time. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say I have a deadline in a oh, week, yeah. <clears throat> then you're just naturally going to take a week to do it, right? Mm-hmm. That's and crazy. I always thought that was. I just never really got the rule, uh-huh. but then <clears throat> I did a challenge with Henry mm-hmm. where I needed to write this article, and I gave myself like a month and a half, and I swear, I just spent the last three days writing the article because mm-hmm. it was due yesterday. Mm-hmm. So, like, I really filled up that time and waited till the end. Yeah. So, I was curious, do you guys think, like, maybe if you have a deadline, right, that school gives you, if you somehow can set a deadline a few days before, if that makes sense? God. Yeah. And then somehow, like, make it... Like maybe make a financial incentive to it or mm-hmm. something that you have to complete it by that day instead. Yeah. If that might help. I think that's how I did it in uh in freshman year. Really? Like in Mr. Haskell's class. Um or just like in any class generally. Like the whenever a teacher assigned homework, I would make it due the next day. That's really? a good rule. The no, next yeah, day? Yeah, no matter how big the assignment was, I'd just do it. What if it was like day. a thirty page book? Yeah, yeah. Right. would you make I, it to the next day i would squeeze in some time <laughs> no like it's reasonable reasonable but generally in high school like in freshman year especially 
all homework is pretty easy, right? Mm-hmm. Like even AP Human Geography, like people will say like, oh, <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, actually, okay, there was one, there was a couple projects in there. that kind of hurt me. There was a couple religion book. My God, you too. Dude, the religious oh. book. Bro, the religious <laughs> book, legit. So the religious book, for those of you who don't know, is an assignment that our teacher did where it's just like a whole bunch of religions across the world. We had to fill up like a book with it, right? So each page would detail like a, a certain aspect of religion. Yeah, and this is from kids that aren't even religious. <laughs> <laughs> you believe in that. And so like she gave us, what, it was like a month or something to do it. Like she assigned it like a month in advance. She's like... It's a lot of time to do it. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, not a lot of time. Like you can comfortably... Like, you could comfortably fit that assignment within a month, right? Generally, a lot of kids waited to the last week to do it. I waited okay. to the day before. Yeah. Yeah. Let Brandon tell that. Yeah. So, I want to hear your so, <laughs> so, it's an individual assignment, but we were given a group to do research in, right? So, I'm in a group with these two for human strat, and I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> I'm trying to like, get my book done like because i waited to the last minute to do it too but i had my research done like way before because i was like oh my group is depending on me you know <laughs> and i look at i, I, I finished reliable my guy reliable <laughs> guy I, I finished my two sections or my sections that i like already researched and i look at the document and i'm like all right let me just like write up the report on these last like six religions or whatever and there was like one of them done for these two <laughs> because they did not finish their research so i had to do the research for like all of them on my own <laughs> and i was like hey oh. hey wait wait Wait, wait, wait. You didn't have to do animism, okay? <laughs> For any of y'all that don't know what that is, <laughs> I really know what that is. <laughs> animism is like, it's not even really religion. It's, it's like, like a, a category yeah, of religion. Yeah, it's a category of religion. And it's like asking for these specific things like, when did it start? I don't know. It was so hard. Not even the internet really knew. I remember that document though was like 80 pages because we yeah. just copied and pasted shit, <laughs> yeah. which you think would help. But then after you're reading through it, you're like, I'm just reading the article. <laughs> You're just reading it again. Yeah. Exactly. No, but yeah. it was it was an assignment. Dude, I finessed that. So animism, <laughs> like no one can find any information on it because like it's just a broad category of religion, right? So I left a half of it blank. So I was just like, I'm going to get a terrible grade on it because I did like subpar work on like all of it, right? So what I did was I saw the big ass pile of the turn in like binders that we had to do. And I was just like, I saw, I was like, what if I did this? I lift up the whole pile. I put mine on the bottom so that after Ms. Lewis, because this is going to take a long time to grade, right? She's going to be fatigued at the end of this. She's going to be tired. She's going to be looking through. She's like, okay, I got to mark this, mark this. And then she's like, I'm thinking, I'm trying to get her in a state of mind where she's so exhausted. She sees my name. She knows I'm a good student. She's going to assume that I do good work. She gives me a 200. Like a 200 is like the max score, right? I get my thing back. I have a 200 oh, on the oh, entire yes. assignment. My play worked out, bro. I saw, like, I saw... What the fuck? <laughs> I saw a future in advance. I was like Doctor Strange, bro, in oh, uh, Infinity War. I saw 14 million Doesn't that future. make you feel like shit, though? You did the whole... No! Thing. You could have just turned it up like page, probably. <laughs> Dude, I, I did that for a couple assignments on a summer class. Oh, so is that your uh, advice? Just turn it blank shit and hope your teacher's stupid? Okay, well, in that case... <laughs> this teacher was not stupid, by the way. Was that your phone? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm silent, bro. Oh, oh shit. Oh, wait. It's an alarm, so it goes past the silence. So that's. Oh, so okay. it'll, t- it'll go again in like nine minutes, so I'll just turn it off. What's the alarm for? 
Uh, it was for me to practice my the stuff. drawing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I do. I right. did it earlier Go today. <laughs> right here, no, right I already here. did it earlier today in preparation for one this. One day oh, he's yeah. gonna fail and he has to give me ten dollars. Oh, did. that's another one. He, yeah, he started doing the contracts yeah. now because right. I was Dude, slacking a bit. I'm not. Let me lie. say, contracts I think are the key, at least to my life. Doing these like finance. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I know it's a very profound <laughs> statement because it's just. Adding this financial incentive, now it's like when I want to do something, I could give myself an artificial like deadline for kind of like what we were talking about earlier, and then I just do it. It's mm-hmm. like Parkinson's law, right? Going yeah. back to that. Because a lot of times I would try stuff in the past, but I wouldn't give myself a deadline, so it just fills up the space, which is infinite, like mm-hmm. my whole life, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I could just do it later. But now it's like... This might be one of the craziest things I've ever heard. Like their contract, the, both of them. Because I was like the Parkinson's law. Like I already like I observed that, but I like never put a name to it. Mm-hmm. So like hearing that it's already like an established phenomenon, like mm-hmm. that's crazy. But like I could never get myself motivated for like to do schoolwork. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna get this done early. But since I like wasn't making myself do it, like I didn't have any financial incentive or anything, I would not do it. Like I was like, there's no way to motivate myself as long as unless it's like an external source that's motivating yeah. me. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm gonna have to start writing contracts. Up Bro, everyone, dude, everyone be sending contracts, <laughs> making money. Wait, so did you procrastinate when you were in high school? I always thought not you were much, like a not very as much as him, but <laughs> yeah, throwing shade. No, but I, I wasn't perfect. Like I obviously, like I mean, hey, I would say that <laughs> you're perfect. Thank you, Strad. Um, but no, I mean, I, I procrastinated like a decent amount. I was usually done like earlier than most people, so I wasn't like the worst. But I definitely like did not get my stuff done like as soon as I should. Were you one of those kids who would try to do a little bit each day? Oh, I said I was, but <laughs> no. <laughs> that like, shit's so hard. I'll be yeah. like, I'll do a little bit each day. I look at the instructions. I'm like, all right, that's it for today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how I'm doing it with a couple of my things. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but like, I think looking at the instructions is a, a good tip I could actually give because if, once you look at the instructions, you know how much you need to do. And then mm-hmm. I feel like you can, you can like, plan accordingly. Yes, oh, exactly. when you don't look at the instructions, then it's the day before. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, oh, okay, let's see what this process is. <laughs> what I got to do. <laughs> Um, like opening up like a present you're just like whoa it's all surprising every time (laughs) yeah because i would always i would low-key procrastinate looking at what i had to do like i would get an assignment and i'd be told by the teacher i'd completely forget what it was and i'm like i'm not gonna look at what this is until like a couple days before but like literally if you look at it and it's like something easy you're like oh i could do this or if it's something hard you could plan to do it like plan out how you should do it so have you ever cried during a project um i cried once what was it it was in uh, eighth grade. My geography teacher assigned this uh, country presentation. So we all got assigned a country, right? And he was with Hoff. He was actually a really cool teacher. And uh, I didn't want to disappoint him, right? Like, no one wants to disappoint him. No one wants to disappoint the cool teacher, right? Because mm-hmm. then you get, like, you lose credit with that teacher. You lose credit with that class. It's a bad situation. So um, she gave us the assignment to present a country. We have to have, like, uh, information on its like, economy, its culture, stuff like that, right? And I thought it was going to be easy because, like, I got Switzerland. It's well-documented, all that shit, right? Mm-hmm. So I waited till the last day. And then I think something went wrong with, like, tech or something. Or I forgot where the fucking instruction manual was <laughs> or the, the instructions for the assignments. So I was like, I have no idea what to put on my slideshow for this shit. So I had to, like, go. I didn't really – I wasn't very social in eighth grade, so mm-hmm. I didn't know who to contact and stuff with, like, within, like, friend circle. So I was just there for like an hour freaking out, flipping out because like I couldn't locate the instructions for the assignment. 
And so like I I cried a bit because <laughs> I was like, Aww, cause dude the next so day. I was just like, I'm gonna I'm gonna like fucking die or something. Did you finish it? I did finish it actually. Did you? And I actually crushed it on the presentation. Wow. Oh, nice. Did you cry during the it's presentation? It's a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, I cried a little bit during. No. I didn't. <laughs> I remember I had this. You guys know the book "Where the Wild Things Are." Yep. Okay. Sixth grade. After I'd report on this guy that wrote the book, mm-hmm. and it was like a month-long project. We're doing research in class, and then I'm a. It's a video, right? So I'm trying to edit the video mm-hmm. or create the video. It's the last day. I'm about to do all the dialogue, and I realize like, oh, my research is trash. <laughs> <laughs> like I got like no information on this guy. So I was just, bu- and I'm using my sister's laptop. I don't have one. So yeah. she needs to use it. So she's kind of giving this external pressure, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just start bawling because I have to redo the entire thing, basically. Mm-hmm. And then I remember I finally finished it and my sister had her laptop back. And I was like, fuck, I got to add a bibliography. <laughs> so I, I was like scared because my sister was already a little annoyed that yeah. I used her laptop. And then I had to use it, add the bibliography. And overall, I think I ended up doing all right, guys. But I like didn't really like the book after that. <laughs> kind of had a bad taste in my mouth. What about you guys? You cry? No. Uh, I have a story from like I think it was second grade, right? It, it was similar to Henry's, where it was like a country project. Mm-hmm. And so we did second grade. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, <laughs> so we had to like make a travel brochure or something, like you know the ones on um, what is it? On Microsoft. Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, like what a is it? Template? Publisher? Publisher, I think, yeah. So I'm in the second grade. I don't know <laughs> ethics, right? Like I I don't know ethics, right? I'm like just a little I I literally copy and paste. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't so, know what plagiarism meant. But like. I made it I made it look really pretty, right? Oh, so I was yeah. like, this is a certified W. <laughs> <laughs> certified W. <laughs> I go in we're presenting. She makes us read the presentations. <laughs> I'm stumbling over this word. She's like can you say that word again? <laughs> no, I, I forgot the word now, but like I couldn't say it. And she's like, hmm, I don't think you wrote this. <laughs> Wait, was, in front of the class? Yeah, in front of the whole class. Oh, oh my God. Dude, you got and exposed. I, and I was like, this is okay. Like I, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong yeah, at that yeah. point because I didn't I didn't know that was I You're didn't like know yeah, I understand did it. it. Yeah, I understand the concept of plagiarism. Yeah, and so I, I was I was sad after that. <laughs> after I got roasted. Yeah. Dude, did you, you got, get a bad grade? It's second grade, so who cares? I don't know. Um, yeah, no. I don't think I have. Yeah. Stone cold. <laughs> <laughs> I cried yesterday, though, so. You cried yesterday? Well, because it was my last day at work. I was But Wait, what did you work? Uh, H&M. H&M. Oh, yeah. represent the hat. Yeah, exactly. My brand. More of a Target guy. <laughs> good fellas. Great. Yeah. Great. <laughs> Target is pretty good. Target is fire. This whole outfit's from Target. Oh, really? And I say that all the time because I'm always wearing Target clothes. <laughs> Target's yeah. clothes are fire. They are. I need to shop there more. Oh, yeah. I think I'm going to buy more black shirts from there. Isn't like Target like just a better Walmart? See, that's what a lot of people say. I think the food at Walmart's much better really? in terms of like price. Yeah. So Walmart just has like a lot more stuff than Target. Yeah, it does. It does. The Target at my school supposedly is changing, or our school is changing to a Walmart. No, that's what I heard. (laughs) No. (laughs) What do you mean no? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm part of Target, man. Dude, Target is so much nicer in terms of like everything except for price. But well, the price is a big fucking deal. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty broke, so I got. I'm pretty disappointing. That's crazy. How that it's not even that big. 
Is it like a Walmart grocery Tiny store? Walmart, maybe. Uh, Oak, maybe, yeah, the super. Yeah. Not hopefully, super. hopefully, like food. a neighborhood Walmart. Yeah, yeah hopefully it's food. Yeah, it's just a clothes <laughs> store, a Walmart clothes. Right, oh, I'll say this: the clothes at Walmart ass. <laughs> maybe I wasn't looking the right places, but it is a I, big store. I remember putting a shirt on, like <laughs> it could have been me, but I don't know. The shirt was really bad. Okay, it scratches against you. We're just like, yeah, no, literally. Okay, so I'm gonna kind of derail the conversation a bit new topic uh i actually wanted to ask you right mm-hmm. in like social situations right mm-hmm. like maybe you're meeting a stranger or you're networking do you ever get like social anxiety or nervous because i know like we've kind of talked about like sometimes yeah. we can get nervous but i feel like you don't really i don't know i just don't i feel like you seem very comfortable it depends I- i'm comfortable with people i know and i've been around but with new people it's different mm-hmm. how it's different because it's like making small talk is not something like I like to do. Like I just don't. Do you like think you're it. good at it? Not really. Do you want to try making small talk right now? What's different? How is it small talk? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. We're kind of leaving. We, we, we know you are past it, bro. I'm past it, but yeah, um, it's something I'm trying to get better at. Interesting. Why don't you like small talk? It's just like when you don't know what you have in common with someone, mm, and it's also like. Um, like, what if you're saying something that, they, like, they're just agreeing with you and you don't know? Oh, mm-hmm. like, kind of like, yo, I love that food. And they're like, yeah, me too. When really they're like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just harder. Yeah, I agree. I think small talk's kind of boring. Small mm-hmm. talk's like inane. I say, how's the weather? Yeah. Like, oh, you like that? Like, that's, that's great. Here's a question. Do you think small talk is necessary, though? Mm, I mean, to some extent. What do you mean? Well, like, okay, what would you consider, like, would you say, like, how was your day? Like, is that considered small talk? I think small talk, I consider small talk, like, the automated stuff you kind of do, where it's like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm good. In, how are you? I'm good. It's like, situation. what do you do for work? That kind like, of Like, mm. like, like, kind of basic stuff like Just that. Just introductory stuff, I think, is small talk. I think sure. part of it's necessary, because if you dive straight in with, like, what's your biggest fear, they might be a little... You're a little you, man. But if you, if you, I think like asking the questions like, where do you work or what do you do for a living are useful because then if they say something, I think at based on their answer, that's when you got to branch from small talk and try to like make a deep connection, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, like, where do you work? Oh, I work as a construction worker. And you're like, oh, that's sick. It's like, that's kind of boring. But if you're like, Oh, have you ever felt like you were going to die like, on top of the crate, you know? No, I, I get you. But I, I think it's necessary in certain situations. Like when I work, I'm working at H&M. I'm not going to just start like asking some random questions. So I'm, like, I'm always like, hi, how are you doing? Like it's the same thing every time to every customer. It's you like, just you, open up with like, so what's your idea of the best life? You start like, with like, like Nietzsche. What are you talking about, man? Ring up my clothes. <laughs> no, but... So in certain situations, like, you can't, like, really progress past it. But, like, I guess when you're meeting someone, I try to get past it as soon as I can. And I think, like, my vulnerability and openness, like, helps me do that. Yeah. We were talking about that yeah. on the podcast mm-hmm. you were on. Yeah, I think what it – yeah, I think you, you get vulnerable and open very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And then it makes the other person feel comfortable to share yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Yeah, I agree. What about you, Henry? Me? When I'm around new people, like, when I'm around, like, friends and stuff, I'm pretty open. Like, I think I'm pretty extroverted around my friends, but when I meet new people, I think I clam up a lot. I'm just, like, I let other people talk and stuff just to see, like, just to gauge the social situation. Dude, when I was, like, in eighth grade and, like, a bit into freshman year, I analyzed 
all my social situations, bro. My really? sister made fun of me for it. Like during like, the situation or after? During the situation after, I just like I just like analyzed the conversation. I was like, oh, did I say something that made them like upset or something? Or like how could I best approach this? Like I just like straight up like analyzed it like a chess game, bro. <laughs> did it help was, you or no? Chess, huh? Did it help you or not? Not really. Like did I was not practicing or I overthought a whole lot. Yeah. Yeah. So I but like, I've been trying to get better at it, like mm-hmm. since going to college. I I've been forced to make like new friends, but even then, I don't think I've been particularly successful. Like I think I got kind of in a friend group, but like that kind of dissipated over the summer. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to like see if I can uh, level up my social skills, like regarding like meeting new people, like opening up and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's what everyone's always doing. You know, like they could always improve on their social skills. I wanted to ask, do you first off, do you guys feel like compared to like freshman year, for example? Your social skills have improved, and no. if doubt, no, no doubt. Okay, then the second question was going to be: What did you actively do anything to try to improve your social skills, or do you think it just came with time? I think it's being with people, like especially. Yeah. I feel like high school, you just it's different. Middle school, you kind of have your own crowd, like. But I feel like in high school, you just met a lot more people. Okay. Yeah, and I like, like, like different that. people. Met a lot of people, and also become a lot more comfortable with yourself. Mm-hmm. like but yeah. once you're in a group of friends like and you're okay to explore your personality and stuff like once you become more secure in yourself you're just like okay like i know if i mess up a social situation that won't particularly affect me too hard because i do have people i can fall back on and also i just know i i'm comfortable with myself right mm-hmm. i also feel like middle elementary school middle school right because you haven't had as much time yet so everyone's a little more similar right there's like the prototype of what a human's supposed to be at that point and the more you deviate, the more like nerve-wracking that is because yeah. more people are, are similar. This is just like an idea I'm having right now. I don't know if it's true. But then as time goes on, more people, you have more time to change and vary. So then more branches, you kind of branch off from whatever like the main mm-hmm. idea yeah. of what a person is, right? And then in high school, maybe it's easier because more people are branching out. You're more likely to find people similar to you. Yeah. And it's like less embarrassing deviating from the crowd because so many people are doing it. yeah and that's that's how i feel like after i got out of high school it's like i feel like i could be whatever i want in terms of like mm-hmm. personality what i like and stuff because there's i'm just gonna find people that are like that rather than yeah always seeing like whatever's popular at the time mm-hmm. if that makes sense i was gonna come like when you were talking about i was gonna compare it to bi- i have known nothing about biology so like maybe this is a stupid comparison but like <laughs> as like species grow like more mutations occur and like new species literally so like Basically, you're saying that the way, like, our society and, like, social functioning kind of, like, mimics how biology works, which I think is, like, crazy. Because I think a lot of the times that is true. Like, human nature, like, kind of mimics, like, biological nature. I like know. evolution and stuff? No, that's a, I think that's a good analogy, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, good it's sick, though. It's sick. It's so sick. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, let's see. I was going to say something. You breathe? I for, no, I remembered right now. Okay. <laughs> what do you guys think of, like, people that, like, try to be cool? Does that make sense? Like, what do you yeah. think about, like, that societal standard of cool that, like, a lot of the times I think in high school and, like, early in college, like, people try to, like, cling on to? I think it's, like, I think the only time, like, it rubs me the wrong way is when someone's, like, like fronting or inauthentic. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. When it feels like they're not actually about whatever... Yeah. It just feels it just gives yeah. me the wrong vibe. Yeah. I feel like it's a waste of time if you're not actually if you don't actually like the things that you think are considered cool. 
Mm-hmm. Like if I like I don't give a shit about cars, right? So like I, I'll like the movie I love. Okay. <laughs> I love Pixar movies. Gratification. Like, <laughs> yeah, like just car, like I, I don't I like care. We all shocked and he's like, what? <laughs> like, what? <laughs> but like the cars, Life is a I don't care if I have a shit car really. Mm-hmm. So if I in the future got a lot of money and bought like a Lamborghini to try to be cool, like I feel like that'd be a waste of time for me because I personally don't care if I have a Lamborghini mm-hmm. or not. But like some people might genuinely like be fans of cars are kind of like how your fans at chest or whatever hobbies mm-hmm. you got right so them buying a lamborghini might make them seem cool but it's also just part of the uh-huh. diet. it's like they would do it anyway if that makes sense mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's kind of how i feel about it i guess henry I, uh i feel like as long as you put in an effort to like what you're interested in like if that makes you come across as cool then i i guess your question is like people acting cool right mm-hmm. i think when a person, let me see if I can define what a cool person is like. A cool person is like a person that's interesting in like multiple ways, right? So if they're good at multiple skills and stuff, or like they're really good in social situations, mm-hmm. that's considered cool. But when a person like tries to come across as though they are good at things that they are not, mm-hmm. or that they are more sociable or like more likable than they really are, that's when it becomes like cringy and stuff, right? Because they're just being like, actually fake they wait just the don't. second the second part about being more sociable or likable than they really are mm-hmm. can you elaborate on that because i feel like sometimes people might have maybe they're awkward right or they mm-hmm. have bad social skills and they're trying to work on themselves so, <laughs> so they're not cool. <laughs> <laughs> well no that's what i'm wondering because no, that's a weird because yeah, i feel like a yeah, lot of people that try to work on their social skills might get nervous because they're like they're trying new tactics. Like maybe they're mm-hmm. trying to be more energized in a conversation. Like that's not me. Like it doesn't feel like me. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels inauthentic. But like that's kind of, it's because your whole life you've kind of been an awkward guy. Yeah. So it's gonna feel inauthentic at first. So I was curious. Yeah. I yeah. suppose what I, I I when I say that I'm trying to think of like uh, have you seen The Office like Andy Bernard like in his earlier appearances yeah. or he's like he's trying to seem like more connected and stuff than he really is and uh mm-hmm. stuff like that i don't it's hard to do you mean like trying me. too hard yeah to, like rap like i this is what i'm kind of imagining right there's mm-hmm. a difference between someone who's trying to improve their social skills and just like be better in social situations compared to someone whose main goal is just to make the other person think that they're cool or yeah, like social. Yeah, like Andy like tries to insert himself a lot with like certain people, and like seem like he's he was already like on. I don't want to say on their level because implying levels is kind of weird, but like he's like in it with them, right? In certain ways, and I think that's just kind of weird. I don't know. It's kind of hard to quantify. Or no, I, I see. I see. The, I see the distinction now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what you think. Do you think? Did you already say something about being cool? Yeah, but I can, I can add on. I think um, if, like, when we're talking about energy, right, if you're trying to be more energetic person, that's not something that I would be, like, I wouldn't, like, knock you off for that. Because, mm-hmm. like, if, but I think the thing is, it's, like, if it's, like, you know, you're wearing Supreme now or, like, like, when the <laughs> attitude is, like, how other people perceive you as opposed to how, like, just for yourself. Mm, I see. When that's, like, shifted. Yeah. That's when it kind of is like, okay. Oh, okay. I've got a better idea of how to qualify my thoughts. It's like when they act way differently in front of other people than mm-hmm. how, how they act by themselves. Yeah. 
I agree with that to a certain extent because like I mean you you have different groups of people like different friends and mm-hmm. like even if that's like you have different versions of yourself and just because they're different doesn't mean it's not you yeah that's what I wonder do you guys think it's fake if you act differently around different friend groups no I don't think so mm-hmm. some, like one time someone told me she's like you're so different around different people but like every time it's still you so I think like yeah, you can that's cool <laughs> yeah I think like you just change your vibe based on like who yeah. you're around and I don't think it's necessarily like inauthentic I think it's just like chameleonizing yeah that's yeah. a good way I feel yeah. like as long as you're not consciously like okay I'm hanging out with these guys instead so I'm gonna act differently yeah, yeah. for like some yeah, alter yeah, yeah. motive like, you could be like in those friend groups for like certain things right like if you're in a friend group with like a lot of um AP students or something like you're looking for intelligent conversations or something meanwhile with like these guys like these gamers right you're just looking for a good time mm-hmm. having fun dumb conversations right yeah. so like you're just looking for different stuff in different <clears throat> friend groups right yeah. the only time it's like it's just weird is when like when you have to change yourself for the like perception of that group like fundamental yeah. values yeah, is yeah. What, if you change that then that's when you become not that's, a, that's yeah. a good way to put it I like that like having some core beliefs that don't change yeah so then what do you think it's like when you act differently around different groups and then maybe you're having a wedding and all your groups are there <laughs> what do you do yeah. you just self-destruct <laughs> <laughs> well I actually you were at Tristan's and Kylie's wedding uh huh there was a lot of friend groups there yeah I remember it was like y'all my qu- so I had like choir friends and then I had neighborhood friends who so I've had like like Andrew you know yeah. Andrew Scott and it was weird having them all intermix because like I've never noticed that before mm-hmm. but it was like really cool like you were peeing outside with Andrew <laughs> let's, 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 let's keep it down for a little bit <laughs> well like you it was a very normal thing and, you know, yeah you know, yeah like, of course, that was a flashbulb memory <laughs> flashbulb for sure we're, we're right next to each other right? and like we yeah, just, just looking we're, down we're like oh shit a bond, right? <laughs> Damn. It, was, it was a really great bonding experience yeah, yeah but found out who was smaller <laughs> <laughs> I think it's I sometimes I think it's fun like cause I like I she don't know how they're gonna mix, and then when they mix well, it's like, oh fuck yeah! yeah now like, I can hang out with like multiple people at the same time, like intermix the groups yeah. between each other and stuff. Yeah, and then that does change the vibe up a little bit, right? Because yeah. like, like now you're going there for like a different vibe, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. When I brought up the question initially, I was thinking about like you know, because in college, like when everyone wants to party, it's like uh-huh. that's what everyone thinks is cool. But then you like when I went to like some parties, I was like, this is completely different than I expected it to be. Because like I always have like these. <laughs> mental ideas of like what i expect something to be and it's completely different from like the reality of it so i think like so many times people do that stuff like to be cool um and it just like i guess it does take that experimenting um to like figure out what's like really right what were your expectations of party life it's it's hard to even put it in words a rager um, like everyone's, everyone's like yeah like the yeah. movie the college movie yeah what stuff. like what you see in movies mm-hmm, um yeah. and just like kind of like what I heard from other people because like you're not going to hear the boring parts of parties from other people. They're not going to come back and be like, yeah, we were just standing there. (laughs) (laughs) We were making small talk, you know what I'm saying? It was kind of awkward. So like, yeah, you're not going to hear that, but definitely like um, just kind of a conception that like everyone is just going crazy and it's just having fun. And um, like when I went to parties, a lot of the times it was like a lot of like anxiety, like talking to people and like 
then the next day I just felt terrible after if I like drank or something. I was like, oh, and like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, obviously like, you know that stuff, but like you kind of want to like fit in. And I think like so much of the time, like you want to be in a part of like a big group in a big community. And when everyone else is partying, like you feel like you have to do the same to be part of that group. I see what you mean. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Not going to lie. The last minute I was like, tried counting how many times you said like, and I lost track. Like, hey i i remember i recorded a solo podcast before i started doing <laughs> guests and i said like so i'm i'm sure i said it a ton during this podcast but yeah, i said yeah. so much during that yeah. podcast. I'm, still, I'm sure we like all said it like so <laughs> many <laughs> times yeah i didn't post the po- i'm not posting the podcast though because for the first half i had something in my teeth <laughs> And I didn't check, and you, I was so embarrassed. You should open up a Patreon and put it as like the exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> this is the I'll mythical first yeah. podcast yeah. of the Stradcast. Bro. Uh, okay, so new conversation topic. What do you? How do you guys define success? Like, how? What would have to happen to you for you to feel successful in life? My big goal in life is having a family. And a comfortable, just chill life and raising my children up successfully. Wow. Like, that's... And then, like, obviously... Uh, so, like, no money happy. or anything? <laughs> I said comfortable life. <laughs> comfortable, like, living comfortably. And if I get filthy rich, I wouldn't complain. Okay. But I want to have good family and then, like, invest in my hobbies and stuff. So, like, maybe go deeper into drawing or deeper into chess and stuff like that. Stuff I'm interested in. If I'm having... Like, here's my idea of when I've peaked, right? <clears throat> I'm on my porch. I'm sitting there. Like, there's nice weather outside. My kids are playing inside. I have a beautiful wife. And we're just chilling. And I don't have to worry about anything. Nothing about work. Nothing about uh, my financial situation. Nothing about how many of my kids grow up. If I don't have to worry about anything, that's the one I know I've peaked. So it's like freedom for you. Freedom, exactly. Like if I feel like I can go like on a vacation and not have to worry about anything, I'm set. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. I think that would be a very successful life. Mm -hmm. All right. What about you guys? You want to go first? Um. So like for me, like I don't I don't know if you guys do this, but like I'm like existential. Like I think about like you know only got like if I'm lucky a hundred years on this planet, right? So, like, I, I kind of think about, like, how I want to be remembered. And so, I guess success for me is, like, if I'm remembered as, like, a person who did a lot to help a lot of people. Um, obviously, I don't know. Cash. I would like some cash. <laughs> that, that too. That would be great. Um, but, like, in terms of short term, like, I don't know. Eventually, I want to start my own company. So, if I was able to do something like that, like, I would think, you know, I'm successful. Real quick on the point about wanting to be remembered for something, right? Because part of me when I was like a few years ago, I was thinking legacy would be a cool thing. Like being remembered. Like we still talk about Shakespeare. That man's been dead forever. (laughs) We still talk about it. But I was thinking, then I started thinking like when I'm dead, I'm dead. I have no experience. I'm not going to really be able to experience them remembering me. Mm -hmm. So like is legacy actually... Like some is it worth it? Yeah, yeah, that sense. That's crazy to think about because, like, I always think about it all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. thinking, do I want to like? I want to do something that people are like, "Wow, that was really cool." But if you die, like after you die, it's like, I mean, I, I guess we don't know. So, 
Um, That's a good point. I guess we don't know what happened. We could have a ton of ghosts watching. <laughs> <laughs> they just chilling right now. Thanks for listening. Like they don't even know. <laughs> Whether we go to the restaurant or anything, they're just there. They're just like, so what you gonna do? Number one, number two, or maybe number three? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah. No. So I mean, it's it's something that I think we chase way too often. Um, but I still want it, you know. I mean, <laughs> be a well, it's, it's I was thinking maybe it's not necessarily legacy you want, but like the if you have legacy, that means you've done something mm-hmm. important when you were there. Like you've helped people. Yeah. yeah. So maybe legacy is like not the actual goalpost, but it's just a sign that you did something important and that's maybe more i mean as long as it's a good legacy because you know hitler had a legacy (laughs) he did something very important Uh, (laughs) (laughs) his name is still around bro do you ever think about how like obviously hitler's bad Mm -hmm. but if he never did all that shit we wouldn't be alive no (laughs) you ever think about that butterfly effect yeah like the butterfly the butterfly effect that makes me go crazy all the time i'm like i'm like oh if i didn't drink that water right now i wouldn't like i would have to pee (laughs) and then if you wouldn't have to pee like it changes everything and it's crazy to think about like everything happens in like one way in our unit like you can't some might say it's predetermined (laughs) that's a good segue (laughs) so do you guys believe in free will um just kidding. Not, we could talk about that later, though. This does I remind me of a the... thought experiment. Well, I'll share that later. Okay. What? Real quick, back on the success thing. Uh, Brandon. Yeah. You didn't say your version of success yet. Dude, because I don't know. You don't know? I think it's a mix of both. Like, Okay, that's fair. One, I mean, I told you on the podcast, I would like, when I had COVID, I would sit outside my house and I would just chill, man. And that was the most blissful experience of my life. You just like, <laughs> I'm just sitting, looking at the palm trees, looking at the clouds. It's everything, like... What, from that book I was reading, The Power of Now, like everything you need to feel fulfilled and at peace is like in this moment. Like you don't need to search for it in the future. And that's the crazy thing. So that's why it's like I've kind of changed my conception of success. Like do I need to like be successful in the future or do I need to be like in this moment right now, every moment of my life to kind of like stay out of that continual rat race? I think about that a lot too, the whole being present. But uh-huh. do you think it's – what's the word? Uh, pra- I don't know if practical is the right word. Do you think it's practical that you could stay pre- like be in the present moment all the time? I think it's hard. And I think in our society with all the technology we have and all the distractions and everything that we have to worry about nowadays, it's getting like more difficult. Um, and I think social media isn't helping. Um, but I feel like it's, it's feasible. Um, maybe not like every single moment, and it also depends on how you how you define present and you define like because there's like different ways that people define it um and sometimes being present is just all about like being able to feel your bodily sensations sometimes it's like being fully immersed in a conversation and not letting your thoughts go like outward it's like weird there it's a very like philosophically dense topic um so then would success maybe look like in the future possibly you're just able to make more, a larger percentage of your life in the present moment rather than stressing about the See, future, for example. Yes, but the thing that always like gets me spinning is that book he talks about. He's like, don't think about being able to do it in the future. Just do it now. And then you don't have to worry about it ever because all we really have is the now. Like the past is gone now. 
the future isn't coming because we're always in the now so it's just crazy how like much my perspective has changed after reading that it's like sequential like now 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 Now. now. it's always a now it's always everything has always happened in the now nothing's ever happened in the past because it was always the now in the past like you know what i'm saying yeah i I get it it's crazy it kind of reminds me of i know it's not the same exact thing but miss tuttle our psych teacher she Mm -hmm. was talking about the whole everyone thinks like okay i'll do this and then i'll be happy yeah where it's like you could just try to be happy right now and i think exactly type of of stuff like trying to be present in the moment is the way to do that right now yeah because it doesn't really take material things you know it doesn't take anything yeah it's crazy because that's that's why when you ask about success i'm like in the past i've always had what i wanted or what i thought would make me happy but it's like should i really even be chasing anything at all or should i just be like trying to experience life as it happens are you in the present moment right now yeah yeah <laughs> let's go because yeah. because yeah. the more i like talk about it and like think about it like the more it just like happens because it, it's it's a process that takes time and like like i said like obviously you don't want to think about how much it like was in the past and how like much more i want to be present in the future but definitely over the past few months i've become more present in like everyday situations dude you know what trips me up it's like how whenever like whenever we spend time we are literally spending our life Mm-hmm. on something you know because we don't get those seconds back in our life mm-hmm. we are ever mar- marching toward death so like when we're in any situation where like we make plans with someone mm-hmm. or like we invest our time in something we're literally like putting our lives in that person's hand yeah right? you're saying i'm willing to spend my life on this with you mm-hmm. so i i hope it's worth <laughs> it and like i hope i have a good time with my life with you mm-hmm. you know so that trips me up sometimes i think that's such an important thing to think about but then i get mad at myself because i'll be thinking about it while i'm like watching my like idiot <laughs> youtube video that day <laughs> so i really had this such a small fraction of the universe's time to like live and i spent it watching fucking minecraft compilate this is back then i don't watch it anymore <laughs> like rocks falling, down the hill or something. <laughs> rocks falling down the hill exactly uh fuck there was something i wanted to say kind of What's about, what about you, Shai? What's your definition My idea of success? Of success? Hmm, that's a good question. That's your question. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Thanks for asking. Uh, let's see. My idea of success. Uh, I kind of like the freedom idea. Like not having to feel like I have to do something. I think that's good. Um, I'm, I'm very into philosophy. So I kind of like the idea of just understanding things as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Like that's why I re- that's one of the reasons I originally chose physics and philosophy for my major because they both explain like fundamental reality in different ways. And I kind of get tripped up a lot because there's so much things I'll just never be able to know. Mm-hmm. But I guess just if by the end of my life I know as much about the universe as I can, that'd be cool. And I know that sounds kind of like cliche or i don't know something um more like objectively i probably want to have a family mm-hmm. you know a wife maybe two just kidding i can't two that's wives. kind of let's see one no. of them's Def- off the books <laughs> <laughs> definitely just one wife uh, I don't know how many kids. I, when I was in preschool, I used to say I want 101 kids. Dude, the Dalmatians. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what. 50 of them were going to be named House. 50 of them are going to be named Roof, and then one was going to be named Coffee. So when I asked my wife for coffee, she'd be like, oh, which one, the drink or the kid? 
And I would just tell everyone I met that was my plan. When you were in what grade? Like preschool, first grade. 50 in the house? Isn't that weird? It's not even like funny. It's not even like a funny joke. It's just weird. How many kids would you guys want? Uh, Maybe like three or four. That's mine. I'm three, bro. I'm on three. Mm -hmm. See, three's scary though. Because then two might gang up on the other one if there's a fight. <laughs> like, I like the idea the of having... Or something. Yeah, maybe I guess pairs. if there's four, it Wait, could possibly be three. Pairs, yeah. yeah, it could always be... Fuck. I'm not but, that, but it could be three Solution, on one, and then I could be back in the one. Or you know? 51, I guess. Fuck. It's always uneven. No, I, I would say like four. Did you say four, Shred? I don't know how much... I don't... Sometimes I don't even... 101, he said. <laughs> I think I could imagine myself having kids, but this is going to sound like really selfish, but... I could imagine myself getting jealous or resentful of my kid if I didn't feel like successful yeah. myself first. Oh. Yeah. You know? So I want to make sure I feel like sturdy <laughs> and successful before I have a kid. Yeah. I think that's common for parents to be honest. But a, a kid is kind of like an extension of yourself in some way. So I think that's people true. feel more fulfilled when they're pride kids. in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Unless it's, they're see, like huge, like, but I see them as my enemies. The whole maybe it's like a thing when you have the kid, then you experience. Yeah. I just I don't know if I can imagine myself feeling. It. You're like you damaged Drad Junior. Why you gotta win that science fair? <laughs> he's like he's like at least I put my name on you, so that's my name on there. I'm gonna I'm do the same thing. Did you know? Small tangent. Do you know I committed identity fraud once? On accident? Or on no, purpose? on purpose. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my dad's name is William Slater, right? Yeah. My name is technically William Slater. Scratch no, technically, my it's legally. It is legally, <laughs> my, it is legally my name. So my dad ordered me a laptop and I had to go pick it up. And it was under the name William Slater. His name. So I showed them my ID, which oh. is William Slater. And then they were like, here you go, William. Dude, you <laughs> finessed like, that, bro. <laughs> Yeah, small Ooh, little tangent. But back back to success. Okay, here's a kind of tangential question. Do you guys think happiness as a long-term goal is viable? I think we talked about this on my podcast. I don't think so. I don't think it's a sustainable emotion. I think like necess- always being happy. Like do you think happiness is a good goalpost for what you should try to strive for? Not necessarily. I what I strive for is contentment with my life i'm satisfied with how my life has turned out like i know that not not necessarily that i could have done more but that i've done the best with what i have right and that i've made the most out of my life that's when i know i've become content and that i'm happy so do you think because whenever i have this conversation i always kind of get confused people will say stuff like contentment or fulfillment and i have a hard trouble i have i have trouble distinguishing those words between mm-hmm. happiness. So like, for example, contentment is kind of like satisfied with your life. Mm-hmm. So do you think you could feel satisfied with your life while still being in a shitty mood? It's like, I'm sh- I feel shit right now, mm-hmm. but I know that that's just part of life. And like overall what I'm doing, I feel good about. Dude, I think you just nailed it right there, bro. Like yeah, if you're, don't have trouble. Cause like, we, <laughs> cause like we obviously we have mood shifts, right? And mm-hmm. stuff. Cause like humans are fallible and we are like made of like fucking so many chemicals and hormones and shit like we're gonna be messing around like a lot in terms of like our mental state and stuff but contentment i think is like different from like moods or anything like that contentment is like satisfaction with your life okay yeah i think so too but i also feel like you can feel content in a moment like as opposed to Mm -hmm. feeling happy like i don't know sometimes i'm just like i'm chilling yeah. Is contentment like kind of like a lack of desire, you would say? Like you don't need anything else now? 
not to get Buddhist on him, but yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Dude, I always think about that, the whole... Because it's like a lot of people's goal in life is to not get super upset about the lows in life or like not let them affect them as much. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in order for that to be true, you also can't let the highs affect you as much. It's kind of yeah. like the no mm-hmm. desire thing where yeah. if... Because the reason you get mad when something bad happens is because, you know, you didn't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. But then... You, that implies that you wanted something to happen, right? So that means you also can't be happy when it happens. Because mm-hmm. the make poles sense? have to exist. Yeah. You have to have like the opposite polarity for like one to like thrive and for the other to thrive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So like if you're really happy one day, that means like most likely you're going to be like on the opposite side another day. Dude, I noticed that in my, when I journal a lot and I rate the day. Mm-hmm. So like out of 10, right? And I've noticed a lot of times I'll kind of literally go like, maybe it'll be like a six out of 10. And then 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10, 8 out of 10. And then it'll kind of like, kind of like goes like a wave. Yeah. You know, like I've noticed I'm like pretty happy after a few bad days. And I think it goes with that whole like relative thing, like seeing. Mm-hmm. So it just like all averages out. Yeah. To the, the same level. So this is a question I love to ask people. So based on this topic, right? Would you rather have a life that's like at a constant five or a life that has a ton of 10 or a ton of ones and a ton of tens? think more extremes for me interesting i think more extremes is more interesting because that's yeah. the human experience right having those extremes yeah like cause okay let's say one's getting tortured like oh. your fingers oh. are <laughs> but sometimes i think about that i and then the other one is like you are in an orgy or something <laughs> bliss but i think about because sometimes i think that the whole it's human experience thing i'm only around for a certain amount of time I am lucky enough to be able to experience every, like things. Mm-hmm. Like maybe I should get to experience the whole variety of things, right? The whole mm-hmm. spectrum. Bad things and good things. But like, I wouldn't want to experience getting tortured. Mm-hmm. So am I ungrateful? But then it gets or balanced like, out by the 10, whatever they are. I don't know. Would it really balance out? Let, let me tell you a story. So I got high and I like, <laughs> had this insane conception of like what addiction is. And like versus a normal life. So my idea, it's like this whole graph. I, I wish I had a picture. Of, I wish I brought my notebook with me. There's my, um, it was just some random notebook I had. But basically like for people who like are addicted to drugs or addicted to anything, their life is like highs and lows because like withdrawal and then the high, right? And then for literal people highs. that, yeah, literal <laughs> highs, exactly. So for the other people, they have like a more steady one, but it's higher. So like the average of like an addicted person is lower than the average of the other person because they're more stable. So that's where I'm thinking like, usually if you're like living a, I feel like you probably wouldn't be living a constant five life and a, versus a one to 10, you'd probably be living like a six and a half life. So the average is kind of like higher if you have like contentment in life mm-hmm. as opposed to like the average of like a, a crazy life where you're like doing whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's a great point. But then the question still is there. It's would you, would you still rather be consistent or get to experience those great moments at the cost of experiencing the low moments? But I I think like... Or is this a, a false dichotomy? It's a false dichotomy. That's what I was about to say. I think you can still like even without the lows, if you're more content, you could still get to like those points. So you could be like a 6.5 and an occasional and then, jump? Yeah, an occasional jump. Maybe like dip down to like a 4, but you would never get to like 1. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like gratitude... Um, self-reflection all those things i feel like those would like uh raise your yeah, lowest thing so you wouldn't always be 
you would especially if you're like constantly doing like those self-care self-improvement mm-hmm. things you would be like a you maybe be like a six now and then you go up and then you're constantly living at like a seven and point eight or something it's like yeah. that would be a dope life i always like to imagine the best life would be a graph where it's like that but overall the line's going up that makes yeah sense? Like i think that's kind of how life is if uh, you're i mean unless you're like i don't know you could you unless could be you're going down to <laughs> there's some people out there that live pretty terrible lives yeah no no but i think like for me like a lot of the times that's how it's been like i've been steadily like growing more learning more and improving um so like i still have those highs and lows but overall living more satisfied life as time goes on mm-hmm. nice i got a question yes do you guys feel like you tend trend toward like being super passionate in like one thing or like semi-passionate in multiple things i love this question i'm definitely the latter i'm definitely the latter i want to i want to work toward like reducing the amount of passion that i have but like increasing the amount of passion of that i put into those things yeah what about you guys i mean i'm not climbing but i'm the latter too <laughs> i think no i I mean, the thing is, I definitely get entrenched in one thing, so I have, like, a really deep passion for it, and then I move on to something different. Dude, that's what I do. Exactly. That's what I do. So I can't annoying. stay on the same thing. That's why I've switched majors so many times. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then I'm like, this gets boring. And then I switch yeah. to something else, Dude. but then I still have the love for the other thing, so I have a lot of passions, but one is my focus. At Dude, that's right. exactly what... Like, I get, like, deep enough into it, or like, intermediate beginner, mm-hmm. and then I just, like... I'm out of here. Boop. Yeah. On to another thing. And then I get that. And it's like, yeah. it's where you close enough to start getting good at it. Uh-huh. But like, you get bored. <laughs> One yeah. strategy that seems to work well, or I've been trying to incorporate it, is uh, the, you just said you get bored, right? Mm-hmm. So you have one thing, you get bored of it, go to the next thing, you get bored of it, go to the next thing. And then you cycle yes, back yes. to the first thing. Dude, that's what so then I- you're, at least every time you switch, now you're still building more, pro- like you're building on foundations yeah. you had rather than going to a entirely. Unless you like, subject. it's been so long that you just like atrophied in those skills. That's true. That's why, that's why you can't have like 60 things you're cycling through. It's gotta be like three or four. My, yeah. my sister called them my phases. Cause like I, <laughs> I share like all my passions with her. And then she's like, there's another one on the, on the list. She has like a note, like a notebook of it. It's just like, it's so funny. Yeah. I want to get into making passions realistic. Yes. The thing is, like, I want to be at a point where, like, my passions are, like, one passion and super, like, sustained and deep. But it's, like, in certain passions, once you, like, start, like, progressing, maybe um, it's just not working out how you envisioned it. That's kind of when I switch. Mm -hmm. I see. This is, like, um, I forget what it's called. It's, like, one of those psychological laws where it's, like, you think you're really good at something and then, yeah. Kruger, and then you get they talk then, about this with lily yeah and then you start like doing bad and i feel like that's where motivation dips is like oh, when you realize you're not very and then it's just that, getting past that dip yeah mm-hmm. that's but, like that's the hardest mm-hmm. part it's like have you seen the meme of minecraft <laughs> where the guy's like mining for diamonds <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i love that dude it's so deep <laughs> and then like he turns back right before yeah, yeah. that's just funny yeah, but I think, I don't know. I just can't imagine my life on one train. Like, no, mm-hmm. like I, I got to do, like, different things. Like, do you know any people that, are, like, are on one thing? Like, and they're just, like, going at it. Um, Like, professional athletes, obviously, like, do stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it's, like... But I have anyone like we know. No. Like, I mean, other than, like, 
my parents have been doing stuff like they've been in the same job. Like I was talking about this on the, our individual podcast, like people do the same job for like their whole life and then they retire. Like, mm-hmm. I wish I could be like a police officer. Actually, I don't want to be a police officer, but like, I wish I could be yeah. like an electrician and then I could be like a, like a baker. Like I multiple I wish things throughout your life, throughout my life and just like experience it. But that's not how the job market works because you got to go to school and get qualified for all these things. And you have to have like certain requisite skills exactly. to get deep into like exactly. a, a profession. That's why we value freedom though. So once you get, you know, once you get your bag up, once you get like, once you get to a certain level, then you can do whatever you want. You can yeah. be the baker. No, exactly. Like the more money you have, then it's like you're not working for money, but you're just working for what you like. So. Maybe you don't become an expert in a thing you like, but it doesn't really matter because you're not relying on. Well, I want to be an expert in all the things I like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but part of the issue with that is like that's not feasible for most people in our society, mm-hmm. and that's like true. a lot of people don't have that financial freedom. And maybe you do do something where you could get like a lot of. Sorry, I said do do. <laughs> <laughs> you you <laughs> are like <laughs> you're the only one who does. Yeah. <laughs> that's the funny part. He apologized. <laughs> Like, we're going to get mad. It's like, fuck, I got to cut this out now. <laughs> no, but basically, like, there's people that can, like, in the vodka. that can, like, start a business or, like, work a, a computer science job and get their money up and invest it and, like, have that, like, safety net. But, like, most people don't have that um, because, like, going to school and getting qualified for that or, like, having the luck of getting into, like, starting that business is, like, something that's so rare. Um, and I think and that's it's a also a huge investment too mm-hmm. of your time of your life exactly mm-hmm. and I think that's a big problem with our system yeah. based on that then I kind of had a question that I think about a lot do you think it's possible for everyone in the world to be maybe not rich but like at a comfortable level of that's life tough. that's tough. probably we, not we have way too many people on the earth now is, is, is a wire I think like the issue lies but I think we have like a, a lot higher chance of doing it than we are believed to think. We are we are encouraged to think, I should say. Conditioned. Yeah. It feels weird because like what like whenever we think about like successful people, like they're like the super rich, you know? And it's like how did those people get rich? Mm-hmm. They got rich by like making people work at a certain wage and mm-hmm. then they took the extra, they took the cream of the crop, right? Mm-hmm. So like I don't know if it's possible for everyone to be that. Because certain people will be taken advantage of, certain people will be taking the advantage. Yeah, that's just how humans work. You know. Yeah, I like to think it's kind of we have a baseline of what, like this is the minimum quality of life you should have, Mm -hmm. and then slowly through like technology we can raise it, Mm -hmm. and then our goal is just to make sure everyone is at least at that level. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I say the, the, the basic human rights are just like food, shelter, and like. Mm-hmm. I feel like every human should at least be able to pursue a passion in something. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's essential to like the human existence because, you know, if you just if you're just looking for food and shelter and water, that's like that's an animal existence. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's basic animal needs. But something like higher mm-hmm. level is just like pursuing something that you love and you're passionate about. You know, I feel yeah. like every human should have something, a passion or a pride or something, you know? Yeah. I think feeling like you have some sort of pr- purpose in life mm-hmm. is very important. Mm-hmm. Um, I was curious in terms of this idea of like having a baseline, right? I'm sh- We live in a developed country, right? Mm-hmm. So there's many things that 
if we didn't have, we would feel like we're either suffering or like we don't have a good quality of life, right? Like maybe we don't have Wi-Fi, so water. we can't work. Water. Yeah. Well, <laughs> clean water to live. Clean water. That's yeah. a good point. Well, yeah, not uh, electricity, things like that, right? But then you look at some of the developing countries and there's people that live in like mud huts. They have to get their food, like find it every day. But there's like, yeah, a subjective level of happiness is uh, pretty high. So I'm wondering, do you think because we've grown up in a developed society where we've just had all this, like these luxuries from the beginning, do you think it takes more things to get us to the same subjective level of happiness as someone in a developing country? Yeah, I agree. We get normalized to what we have. That's true. That's why we feel bored whenever we're like doing something for a long time. Mm -hmm. And so it's harder to be grateful when you have everything. That's why it's so, like if, I think if you're actively aware of what you have, grateful of like, you know, things that other people might not have, I think at that point you could be maybe at their same level. But if you're just like... But it's tough. Hmm? But it's tough. Because, yeah, you know, it humans tough. naturally get acclimated to mm-hmm. things, right? So we naturally get acclimated to our level of comfort. Do you Sorry think, to cut you off. Do you think <laughs> we have the same... Like, let's say we're happy in our houses, right? Mm-hmm. And then another person in a developing country is happy in like a mud hut or something. Do you think we have the same subjective level of happiness? Yeah. I think commercialization is like when we see all these things in our society and we're like, oh, this can be better. Um, we're just not like really appreciating what we have. Um, yeah. And I think a lot of the times like going to live a simpler life can make you happier or like more, I guess, stable. Um, oh, so you think there might be inherent value in the simple life itself that makes could make them happier? If that, if that makes sense. I guess because one of the ways I view it is like you, you'll see like sometimes levels of happiness in developing countries are higher than in developed countries, and the reason might seems to be because in a developing country you may be having a poor quality of life, but everyone around you is as well. While in a developed country, let's say you're homeless, not only are you having a poor quality of life, but you're seeing everyone around you who has a much better quality of life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like the, your relative placement within a society could also have a big effect yeah, on definitely. how you feel about it. Because like if I was homeless in a place where everyone's homeless, then it's like... Yeah, I understand. It's like that's the, that's the bar to reach. I'm there, you know? Mm-hmm. So I should feel happy. Yeah. I feel like inequality in society can be something that definitely like... And make people more unhappy there. I don't know. It's a weird topic, but yeah. I think wasn't there this concept where it's like humans generally in any society have the general same level of happiness? It's I think it's called like the hedonic set point or something, where it's like humans have a base level happiness that they rise or fall from, oh, I've heard and it's because like they get acclimated to a certain like, yeah. state of comfort. So if like you're super uncomfortable, but like. Because you don't want to live if you're miserable like all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So naturally, the body's gonna be like, okay, we're gonna raise up the happiness just to just to get you living, right? Mm-hmm. And then at or if you're living really comfortable, you're just gonna be like, um, you're like, I'm chill. This is a really comfortable level. I'm pretty happy, right? <clears throat> or like if you're being bored or something, then I don't know. That's your body saying you need more excitement to raise up that level of happiness. Yeah. Yeah, I think. When I think of stuff like that, it kind of makes me sad because maybe you have a set average level of happiness, right? 
and then you kind of go up and down kind of like what we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. but i think a lot of that there's like a big genetic component to that and some people are just naturally predisposed to have a lower average happiness mm. where it takes more to make them happy i don't know those suck i yeah i mean genetics is like everything or like a lot of it um yeah. and i think like there's so much that we can't change um but I do think there are ways that you could improve, like, your your general happiness. Um, and I think, like, even for those people, I think still, like, you could still be content, even if you're not, like, outward. I guess, I don't know if you're saying happy, because we've, we've made this distinction yeah, earlier. True. It's kind of, like, confusing with the terminology, but, yeah. No, I think it, it's just, like, how it works. I don't think there's much we can do about it. Yeah. All right, speaking of genetic, what were you going to say something? Oh, I was going to ask if, like, um, uh, here's a thought experiment that I just came up with, where it's, like, say at age 50 or something, you had the option to convert your mind and, like, like, replicate your mind inside a computer, right? Like, you put your mind inside a computer, right? So at that point, uh, you refresh all your mental skills and stuff, and, like, you work at the same level as a computer, but you don't have access to your body, right? So you lose a lot of things, like um, hormones and stuff, happiness, like general emotions, because like a lot of that does come from like how your body works, mm-hmm. right? So would you do that and like live forever, or would you rather live out your the rest of your natural life in your body as a human? I think the one thing that makes life special is that it ends. Because mm-hmm. um, because <laughs> if it didn't, then like. We don't have any urgency to do anything. Um, yeah, real quick, is this more a question on whether or not life should have an end or not, or more is living with like the primal limbic system, like emotional part, of yeah, more beneficial than just the logic? Yeah, yeah, I think so because I feel like the human experience is definitely rooted in the human body, right? Because mm-hmm. like we do feel pleasure, we do feel pain and stuff, and that is essential to the human experience, but. There's also, there's the argument that the human experience is also just our higher reasoning, right? Like Mm -hmm. our, our expression of how we can logic through the universe. So if you were in a computer, you'd be able to logic through the universe in a more efficient manner and stuff, but you would lose all the, the pain, the pleasure and that stuff. It makes me wonder, like, would you even feel anything if you were just the logical part? Because emotions are the things that... Emotions are the things that ascribe like good or bad, whatever, mm-hmm. to something. Like, like me drinking this water, logically, it's just like an action, right? Mm-hmm. But the fact that I have emotions assigns like a level of pleasure to it. Like it's good to drink water, mm-hmm. so it makes me happy. But if I was just in a computer, <laughs> well, you can't of course drink I wouldn't water. drink water. <laughs> 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 break. You would just become a computer. <laughs> like I don't. It's weird to think. Like, I mean, aren't there people that? have mental disorders where they don't really have emotions or like at least their levels of yeah. emotions is squashed like mm-hmm. i wonder what that's like yeah yeah i mean there's like several disorders but it's like all complicated there's antisocial personality disorder mm-hmm. but like it's, sociopathy it's, and psychopathy yeah. and stuff like it's that. it's complicated so i'm not gonna get into it but <laughs> yeah um, i could design that thought that thought experiment a lot better but i'm glad that you guys got the gist of what yeah, yeah yeah um and i remember i read how to the the Dale Carnegie book that I kept yeah, how, to, how to win friends and influence, influence people yeah that one um, and one of the points is like humans like 
a lot of the times when you're arguing with someone, because um, it's not necessarily about like this topic, but um, he was like, when you're arguing with someone, you always try to appeal to their logical side, but humans aren't logical creatures, they're emotional creatures. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like a huge part about like being a human is like, we're not always logical. A lot of the times we're not. Um, so I think like yeah. logic is is important, but not as important as emotions are to ex- our experience. Yeah, I definitely feel like a lot of it's the emotional brain kind of c- controlling the logical yeah. brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like basically life is just the struggle of the logical brain trying to get control back. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like but planning and stuff. stuff right? <laughs> like the logical brain is what plans for the future, but like the emotional brain is trying to live in the present. Yeah. Bit. Okay, so then we've been talking a lot about like our thought processes arising from physical processes in the brain. Mm-hmm. If you guys know where I'm going with this. Yes. I like to talk about free will and whether we think it's real or not. I was curious your guys' opinions on the debate. Oh, that's a tough one. First, first, how would you guys define free will? Let's keep it simple at first, even though that's kind of a hard question. It's ew, it's like very so hard. hard. It's to so like, hard to define. Like, what is that even? I mean, what I was to say, like, you are responsible and in control of all your actions. Yes, that's kind of yeah. I think of it from a kind of how religious people think of it, where I have this thing that gives me agency to choose what I want to do. Which means anything I do that's bad or good, I'm at fault for it. I'm responsible for it. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. But I don't know. I, I hate this question so much. It's tough because there are like, <laughs> <true>. there are, <laughs> like arguments no, where it's, it's like a person like say like gets uh, an injury to the brain where it impairs their like <clears throat> the cerebral cortex that mm-hmm. impairs their, their uh, cognitive thinking, right? So they commit heinous crimes. Heinous. They're terrible. But they don't understand that it's bad. They just straight up don't understand. Like, is at that point their free will? Or is it because their brain's damaged and they just can't do it? Or, like, take the same example, but they were born like that. Is one more culpable for the crime than the other? Or is, are they at fault for the same thing? Or are they not at fault at all? I, I guess right? when we... If you don't say it's their free will, then you're imposing, like, your sense of free will on them. But, like, relative to them... It is their free will. Mm-hmm. Wait, can you explain that again? Because he was saying, what if your cerebral cortex is damaged, right? Like, from our point of view, having, like, functioning cerebral cortexes, we can see how that affects their ability to make their decisions. But from their perspective, from their perspective oh, like, that's all that is. From their yeah. perspective, it still feels like a choice, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Well, I think like, it they could just be don't a- understand that it's wrong. I think it could be the... Okay, yeah, that specific scenario, actually, yeah, I could see subjectively it feels like, sorry, if you guys hear that noise, it's just my <laughs> <laughs> It's just like, yeah. Uh, what the cat do? <laughs> but uh, from, I can see in that situation, from the subjective, from their subjective experience, it would feel like a choice. But there's also scenarios where, like I brought it up on our podcast, where one guy got a tumor in his frontal lobe, I think, and mm-hmm. that controls a lot of like emotional processing and like impulse control. So... His, like, moral reasoning was still intact. He would have these crazy thoughts about, like, causing violence. And he would feel guilty and, like, I don't want to do this. I don't know why. But he's, he couldn't control the impulse to do it. And he ended up, like, shooting people. It was a sad story. But I think 
I think it's important to look at things like that. Like, is someone just born this way with a brain chemistry that's more predisposed to committing crimes? Or does someone have a tumor that's causing them in that moment to commit a crime? Because then, in terms of, like, legal justice, right, the former person, you don't have to necessarily assign blame, like, in a moral way. Like, they're morally responsible for those actions if it's if they have no control over it. But because they were born that way, you know, they're more likely to commit crimes in the future. While the person with a tumor, you can just get rid of the tumor and then it's likely they won't commit crimes again, if that makes sense. Like you could determine based on what's causing the bad actions, you can determine like how likely it is for them to continue doing bad actions. Mm -hmm. Like there's something different between me accidentally falling, hitting someone and them getting pushed in front of a car mm -hmm. than someone who's actively has intentions to push someone in the car. Because in the first scenario, the odds of that happening again are so slim. Like, But in the second scenario, it's the fact that his brain has those intentions means it's likely it will happen again, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, it's like deontology versus util. Like, util, people would be like, the consequences are all that matters. So it doesn't, like morally, it doesn't matter if you intended to mm -hmm. knock them or, um, or if you actually knock them. It's the same. But deontology would be like, it does matter. Your the intent. You have to, yeah. You have to act um, in a way that's like, because deontology is all about logic too. It's like you need to be able to universalize your action. Everyone should commit. They talk about um, what is it called categorical imperatives. Those are things that you have to do under all circumstances. Yeah, I heard. There's like an example of like, is lying okay? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, can you universalize lying being bad? And then there'll be situations where. Lying is beneficial or yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. Interesting. Dude, that's crazy. Philosophy always gets so deep, it goes like completely left of like, <laughs> where you're supposed to. Like, I, I don't even See, know. when I'm like in a normal conversation, I don't mind talking about it, but on the podcast, I like kind of get nervous <laughs> because I'm very jumbled in my thoughts when I talk oh, about it. Yeah. yeah, I think everyone is. It's, yeah. it's a hard I topic. Think I, we usually we talk about this quite frequently, and you have a different approach to free will that most people think and that is like at the quantum level right or at the atomic level yeah i mean i can't, my, my main the main reason i believe it's not real is just because uh all physical things seem to follow the laws of physics and we're made up of physical things so why should we be treated any differently but we did talk last time about yeah. how co consciousness is see basically we don't know where consciousness necessarily arises from yet mm -hmm. but i don't think that necessarily means that free will does exist we just don't know yeah if it does exist like people like a lot of people will say since we don't understand consciousness they use that as an argument for free will existing mm -hmm. i don't think that's necessarily the case yeah. but i guess i shouldn't be so like hardline like i think it doesn't exist yeah. if we don't understand anything about consciousness yeah i don't i i see that but it's also like in your life the like, you feel like you have free will, right? Yeah. So, like, I wouldn't you know, I wouldn't just be like, all right, I'm just going to put it all on the, the quantum state to do that. Yeah. No, yeah. That, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like that feeling, though, arises from the quantum state. True, true, true. But, no, I see what you mean. I don't think you should live life necessarily like you don't have free will. I think it's beneficial to think about sometimes in terms of, you know, kind of just humbling yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... Uh, I had another conversation topic, unless anyone wants to finish a point on that. 
I I was going to, but I don't even really know actually. What I was gonna say. Can we take a break? I need to use a restroom. No worries. Yeah, we can take some pee breaks. All right, we're back. <laughs> we all went pee except for Heed because he's got a massive bladder. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Okay, so I was about to ask another question, kind of off topic. There's a sink. There's a what? It was synced up. You guys both drink water. Yo, time. my man. That's like when you're in a video game and the animations line up. And you're, like, <laughs> you're like, oh. Okay, so here's the question. Do you guys think AI is going to take over the world in the future and i don't mean as a funny question like skynet like genuinely thing. like because i'm in a club at on campus and we talk about like the existential risk of ai a lot and i'm curious to get your guys' thoughts especially since y'all two are computer majors and you are psychology that's kind of related right because i guess i guess <laughs> a little AI. bit man. like do you Dude, think ai could be cautious there's good in the future there could be like ai psychology classes bro mm-hmm. that's gonna be crazy yeah. oh that's weird taught by an ai <laughs> But yeah, what's the general consensus with this group? Oh, shoot. We think it's overall going to be good or bad? The, the thing is, I'm not so contextualized in, like, you know, what, like, a general AI, if it's even feasible. But, like, you know, the applications of AI we have right now, I don't think they're anywhere close to, like, um, the type of consciousness or, you know, higher level thinking that it would require to, like, destroy us or take over. That's fair. Yeah, I don't see, like, those sensor tau things. The, 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 the hand, the, yeah. the, the white swipe to get in the <laughs> It's like, you got a break. <laughs> <laughs> Turns into a transformer. <laughs> just like, okay, here, here's, here's like one of the arguments, right? So you got AGI, which is artificial general intelligence, which is basically an AI that can do anything a human can, right? Now, once you get to that level, imagine it has human level intelligence, so it could essentially work on AI itself. But it could work much faster than humans because it doesn't have the limits of like a, our brain size. It doesn't have the limits of biological components. It has electrical components, which move much faster. So an AI could technically work at an exponentially faster speed than humans, meaning they could do AI research at an exponentially faster speed. And evolve faster and faster. Yeah, until they get to like what they call artificial superintelligence, which is like supposed to be crazy mm-hmm. artificial intelligence. So assuming an AI can get to that level, then there's arguments like they'll be so far advanced compared to us, kind of like how we are to ants, for example. So when you're walking down the street, you don't necessarily kill an ant on purpose because you're evil or want to, but like you're not necessarily looking around for each ant to make sure you don't accidentally step on it. So in the same way, an artificial intelligence might have some goal we can't even understand, and they don't maybe they don't want to actually kill us out of evil or anything, but we're just in the way. And they're not really taking too much credence to us. I I have no clue like how AI even works. <laughs> but can an AI even have a desire, like in the same way that a human can have a desire? Like, can a computer desire something? Or I mean, I mean, I mean like not right not, now, right? Are we just talking about computer. hypothetically if there was a? Well, I don't even think it necessarily has to be a desire, right? Because you have computer programs that have a main objective, right? You mm-hmm. design it to do something. Maybe it's send you an email or something. So there's this whole. Have you heard of the paperclip? Analogy oh, like story? where the guys like I traded a paperclip. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about I heard the exact that same one. one. I, I thought you were trying to make a point. That's a completely like different <laughs> thing, but that's also a really interesting story. Yeah. This is basically the idea: you create an intelligence, right? That's main goal is just to create paper clips, right? Okay. It's supposed to be an optimized machine that can create paper clips. But it has, let's say it has super level intelligence. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it has super level intelligence. So 
its one objective is to make paper clips. It's not really a desire. It's just what it's programmed to do and get better at making paper clips. So maybe it realizes at one point, well, the best way to make paper clips is to turn everything in my environment into paper clips. So because it's super intelligent, it can figure out how to do this. It starts turning the entire, this is going to sound like super hyperbolic, but it's logically, I think it hold where it figures out how to turn everything on earth into paperclip material. And it starts turning humans, you know, maybe taking them apart molecule by molecule to make paperclips. So at that point, it's not, it just has a, it's not a desire. It just has a program thing to do. And it's not killing us out of evil or anything. It's just, we're in the way. It's just completing its objective. Us. Exactly. Yeah. So do you think that like, an AGI, like maybe we program it to do something else. It's like more likely, to, you know, not do, do that. Well, no, no. Kill us? I guess what I'm confused about is like, <clears throat> at a certain point, wouldn't humans just be like, turn it off? See, that's what I'm wondering. Like, do you think, I feel like it'd be hard to turn it off at a certain point. Cause once it's so intelligent, cause let's say you program it, the paperclip scenario, you program it to optimize making paperclips. Well, one of the things it has to look out for is humans turning it off. Because if humans turn it off, then it can't, can't make paper it can't make paper clips. So one of the things it has to learn how to do is prevent humans from turning it off in order to optimize making paper clips. And because it's so much more intelligent than us, then we can never be like ten steps ahead of it or whatever. It would always be way ahead of us. Hmm. That's interesting because like the way I think about it, I would be like, isn't that kind of like outside the box of what it's possible to do? Like. But I guess it, maybe it's not. So I think in this, in the, I'm not telling, really telling the whole story. The whole story is like more narrative and mm -hmm. stuff. They talk about how it's a machine that's contained to like the materials in the room, right? Mm -hmm. It doesn't have access to the internet. And then one day the machine convinces the humans to give it access to the internet. And then it does. And then through there, it's able to access like everything because it's smart. It's like, has, it becomes like a hive mind or something. And then it could like literally do such tiny things like maybe change certain advertisements to make people more likely to go to certain areas where it might be easier to then round them up and, you know, turn them into paper. <laughs> 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 oh, it's funny. It's paperclip farm, bro. Well, I think it's cool because the example seems really funny and kind of outrageous, but when you really think about it, it's not necessarily out of possibility. Mm -hmm. It's not out of pocket. Not, <laughs> not out of pocket. I think... That's like way in the future, though. I mean, I don't. Well, yeah, but well, see. So I was reading a book called "Super Intelligence" by Nick Bostrom, which I think is supposed to be Bostrom, like. Bostrom. He was in. He was a debate author that we talked about. Really? Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. He, he's Did he like, talk about singularity or no? I think he. Do, I I only read like the first few chapters because it was a very dense book. He's like kind of the first one to bring attention to this issue of super intelligence, and he's he like did a survey of a lot of artificial intelligence researchers and stuff. And it seems like a large majority of them think like AGI, artificial general intelligence, will be possible within like the next 50 to 200 years. So I don't know like how far term you were talking about, but that's and like in the grand scheme of things, that seems pretty short term. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is once you get to AGI, AGI to artificial super intelligence, it could be a super swift, yeah, swift, uh, what do you call it? Transition, transition, because it's the AGI working on itself now rather than humans working at their slow pace in comparison. So it could skyrocket. Like it, we could get AGI and then like within days, 
it turns into artificial super intelligence. So that's another one of the worries and then is because artificial hyper intelligence. Yeah, because like a lot of these problems that pose existential risk, it seems like we have a lot of time to kind of work on them. Mm-hmm. But this, it could be a thing where just in one moment, we have three days to solve this. It's it's so weird to me because like the <laughs> like um like this. I'm gonna do a really weird physics analogy, and maybe it makes sense. But like if you're in a car that's moving, is traveling, right? All the energy, like that's the system, right? If you're in the system, you're jumping in the car and trying to push it forward. You're not pushing it forward. It's already contained. Are you saying that AGI trying to work on itself would be? Like that's that? weird to me that it can do that. Well, I think it's. I think it was in a similar way, like a human can give itself a haircut. I've done it before. That's why I have a buzz cut now. <laughs> <laughs> but, but an AGI could, like, let's say you teach an AGI whose main objective is to just code AGI. So maybe it doesn't even have to work on itself. It just works on another AI. And then that AI works on another AI. But like, you know, incrementally making a bigger thing. It's weird because I just think about like, like, certainly there's like some hardware limitations, right? What, how, like, does it like... I think of it like this. I think of it like a human working on the DNA of itself, right? Because now we do have the technology to do that, right? Mm-hmm. Where we can just like do DNA splicing and stuff. And then we like... Maybe not even on ourselves, but like on the like the eggs of other humans, right? So that would be kind of like the the AGI working on another AGI, right? It'd be kind of like that. No, I think that's a good analogy. It's just so weird to think about. Yeah, I think that, I, I get what you're saying though with like hardware limitations. Like, where is it going to get all the parts it needs if it needs like parts? To but do I'm assu- maybe it's already assumed in the question that it has the ability to do that. Yeah, well, I would think of it. If you create AGI, at that point, you definitely have the hardware to at least create AGI, right? Mm-hmm. And at that point, like hardware would just be another uh, like technical issue that the AI would figure out, in a sense. Like maybe it gets access to the internet, mm-hmm. it figures out how to like slowly trick people into making more hardware uh-huh. through like advertising, psychological data. <laughs> Well, that's weird to think about the human element of it, of it yeah. like actively tricking. Create the- hypercomputer hard drives for us. <laughs> Joe Rogan always talks about how he thinks that the human species right now is basically like a caterpillar, and by creating this AI, they're about to like get in the cocoon, and then the AI is going to be like a butterfly species. And oh, humans won't be around anymore. What the heck? Oh shoot, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, it's going to become something more beautiful, but then. Like the ugly caterpillar is gonna be left behind, bro. Yeah, turned into paper clips. <laughs> it's just paper clip cocoon. <laughs> it's just bizarre. It's definitely bizarre. I mean, I guess it's just like I can't even conceptualize a like computer that could understand all that stuff. And like, obviously, it makes sense because a computer is like all like logical and it works like super quick because of the way like I don't know. It's just a weird thing to think about and like could it even understand the human psychology because humans can't even understand human psychology and a lot of like criminal cases are like or like unsolved they they go unsolved because it's just like you can't piece together everything about humans so like would it even be able to convince us because no matter how much research we have on the human race like like, there's no guarantee fbi agents are like very fallible when it comes to detecting lies and stuff like that so it's like can you even can a computer even fully understand a human? Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. It's an interesting question because I kind of, I'm thinking of it, kind of going back to the free will debate. Mm-hmm. I think of a human as something that 
it's just a really complex machine that gets inputs and then outputs based on the machine. Yeah. Like the machinery, right? Mm-hmm. And if an AI really has like super level intelligence, which is like, like so far ahead of ours, maybe it's possible for them in a sense to figure out all those inputs. Yeah. And like how the machinery works to figure out what the exact outputs would be. Yeah. Of a human. But that's assuming that it could be able to do that. Right. Yes. Uh, you know, what I found really interesting is that in mathematics, there are, there have been proven to be unprovable problems. Right. Like problems that, nothing could ever solve yeah they're they can they're proven to either be they're proven to hold on let me think they've been proven that you cannot prove them either true or false right you cannot make a definitive answer right so maybe the human brain could be one of those things where you cannot reverse engineer it and like be able to say what a given output is for 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 example like i think there's like so it's not that the problem is just so difficult, like it would take forever to solve. It's mm-hmm. that there's literally no way to logically exactly. true or false. Yeah. It's, it's like, I think there's like a, like, I think Alan Turing worked on these problems a lot, where it's like the Turing machine, right? And there's mm-hmm. like a, like a super Turing machine that has to calculate the Turing machine and it calculate itself. And like, it's been proven to be like impossible or whatever. Oh. It's like crazy. It's crazy. I, I think stuff. I read a book that talked about this. Mm-hmm. But I was so confused. That I, mean, <laughs> yeah, I was I just kind of read fast to the next chapter. Yeah, it's like a Turing super, like supercomputers and stuff. Yeah. And um, I think Veritasium has a really good video. Oh, I, I love Veritasium. Veritasium is great. Yeah, yeah, makes it's crazy. He's stuff. like Vsauce. All the all the YouTubers that start with V. Vsauce, <laughs> Michael here. Um, yeah, it's like crazy problems like that. So maybe the human brain is one of those logic problems that just cannot be solved, right? And the computer would be able to. That would be interesting. I don't, I don't know. I just don't, I guess I'd have to see like what type of problems are the problems that can't be solved. Yeah. Cause I can't imagine. But that's me assuming that the human brain is impossible. That's you assuming that the human brain is possible to solve. There's a lot of assumptions being made. Of assumptions being made. Guys, like, I'm going to solve these unsolved <laughs> problems real quick. Next podcast, I'm like, I've solved that. <laughs> uh, okay, well, before we move on, let's just get a genu- general consensus based on that. Yeah. Obviously, we're not professionals in any of this. Nope. So none of our opinions really matter. <laughs> but uh, just in your personal opinion, do you guys think AI will take over? Are you team takeover? Or, or do you think or it poses team? an existential threat? I have strong skepticism. Okay, I just because I don't well. know the full I th- context. I believe there's strong possible like potential and possibility, but from our trajectory right now, I don't think so. I think it could. I think it does pose an existential threat, but I don't think it necessarily will um, eradicate the human race or like take over in the way that like the question is. Like the paper clips. Yeah, like just because science fiction does. Just because I think there are things that we as humans can do to like stop that from happening. Okay, I see. I think I'm kind of in a similar case where I think it can definitely pose an existential risk. <laughs> you hear the cast? <laughs> <laughs> they I have saw food Brandy's and water. Go, I swear. <laughs> uh, I saw Brandy's go. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm in the I'm in the mindset that I don't think we're focusing enough on it. Like I think. For the risk it poses, we're not putting a lot of re- enough resources into it. That's a good point. But I, I definitely think it's possible for it not to cause an existential But yeah. I definitely think it is possible. So that's where I'll end that. Um, okay, so my cats seem to be wanting to get out. <laughs> so basically, 
Uh, there's two things I want to do left. First, I want to see if any of you guys have any conversation topics you wanted to talk about. And then if not, I have like one last question to ask before you. But um, feel free. I'm down to talk. Longer. My brain's kind of mentally drained from all this like existential talk, but I'm willing to go further. If you guys I have want. a topic that's a little less existential. What do you guys think about like what they call like pretty privilege? Um, pretty and like privilege. basically like attractive people get treated better by society in terms of job market, in terms of relationship. Like what do you guys think about that? I personally think it's definitely a thing. Yeah. I think for sure, the more attractive you are, you mm-hmm. probably get like benefits just, even if it's like subconscious benefits. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people should use that as an excuse to, like just because someone else has an advantage doesn't mean you can't necessarily get, like it's unfair, but it shouldn't prevent you from yeah. trying yeah. to. There's a lot of unfair things like, mm-hmm. um, there's like, Never mind. I'm not going to get too political. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. We'll yeah. wait until we have a better following. To <laughs> we'll wait till we're uncancelable. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, I think it's definitely a thing. I think it's not fair. Um, but I don't think there's much we can do about it. Um, because I think it's very like unconscious process that happens in like individual situations. And I think like as a society, it's not something you could just like stop. Um, yeah. Do you think with the rise of the metaverse, <laughs> where, you, where you get to choose your avatar and what you look like, it might be able to get rid of. What is the, I Do don't you know even, what the metaverse no, is? No, I know what it is. I know like Facebook is doing yeah. something. So like obviously it's super rudimentary right now. It looks kind of stupid. <laughs> but uh, they're trying to do like Ready Player like One VR shit. Yeah, like in the future, I feel like the main goal is to try to make it like super immersive, and like that's where a lot of people have their meetings, like. <laughs> Basically, yo, I'm heading into the metaverse right now. Y'all. We got a meeting in five minutes. No, but what's your not, what's your avatar? Oh, bro, I'm Naruto Uzumaki. You know how it it's is. Just a professional meeting for Naruto. It's like Scooby Doo is It's like fuck. I couldn't buy the skin. They don't even do any voice changers. Just their normal ass voice coming out of Scooby's mouth. I th- I think that could help, but it's also just like. I don't know how feasible the metaverse is to like. I don't know if I could talk about it to an extent where I'm like, oh, this is something that's real yet. Like, mm. I, unless I've seen the immersion it could provide, then I'm not like. Right, what about a more like practical example? Like, online, for example, you can comment things, do things without people actually seeing what you look like. Do you think that might lend to helping with pretty privilege? I think it does, but it also. The anonymity like can lead to people being like assholes. Yeah. yeah. So it's and like also a people, lobby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I think it's like in job markets or something. Like, if you like put in an email, because I think it was a COVID. You're, like, you don't need to see the interviewee in person, anymore, mm-hmm. right? So you just like send like papers and stuff. But my cousin says that that actually hurts a lot because then like if you don't go in person, yeah, right, then the the employer doesn't really necessarily have an idea of you, like what you look like, how your personality, how you act in person, right? All they just have is like a wall of text. Yeah. All right, so who would you rather choose? Just a wall of text that you've never met before or someone that you've seen, that you've interacted with before that you like, you generally know their personality. Who yeah. would you rather choose? The, the person. The person, exactly, right? So like just, just seeing someone in general is like an advantage, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think pretty privilege is a thing. Uh-huh. But I don't think people do it consciously. Like, I think it's implicit I, bias. For I, sure. I definitely agree. Like, I don't think, like, people are like, oh, she's pretty. I'm going to give her better service or something. But, yeah. like, 
I think it's definitely something that like happens and it's been proven through like studies like in job applications people do often better if they're like more attractive and it's just like mm-hmm. it just sucks it's another thing that's not fair um yeah but like i feel like if there was a way to solve it the only way is like if you're like really conscious about checking yourself yeah but yeah. i don't think that's a feasible it's solution it's not I didn't, you know what I mean? yeah it's not foolproof i mean and you can't like enact that on like a society you're like everyone be very conscious and they're, they're like oh yeah i got it don't worry about it so it fuck like, i was being so subconscious <laughs> you know what we should do here's my radical solution we should have ugly quotas <laughs> we the, the ugly you are the more like you get in like we have to have a specific number of ugly people you know? no they did a there was a in my political philosophy class there's this idea called lucky egalitarianism Mm-hmm. Which is the idea that anything that happens to you that's luck based and not choice based, like if you get in a car accident that wasn't your fault, like you should be helped by the government for that. Yeah. So one of the, I guess, arguments of that is there seems to be a lot of things that disadvantage you that are out of your control, and they talked about like an ugly, like should you get ugly uh, crap? <laughs> I don't know, like uh, yeah, like an ugly, my, uh, ugly what do you call it? Yeah, ugly yeah. reimbursement. Like, <laughs> A stimulus check. And it's like, how? Reparations, bro. <laughs> <laughs> the my said, ugly ancestors were fucked. <laughs> the government really said, You ugly, man. <laughs> Damn, imagine you get the check. It's so bittersweet. Like, you're like, like you're what? 10,000. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'm oh ugly. Like, I won't say no, but I want to say yes. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah, no, that's actually that's funny that you brought that up. <laughs> but, uh, okay, but things like this, right? There's a lot of things that are unfair in life. Like some people, for example, have better genetics towards uh, like weight loss or yeah. trying to stay fit. Yeah, yeah. But does that – knowing that like some people are just going to have it like a much easier time doing those things than you, I feel like you shouldn't let that demotivate you yourself from mm-hmm. trying – like in losing weight, for example. If it's easier yeah. for some people, that doesn't necessarily prevent you from doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, that's where I think that whole like relative thing comes when we were talking about like happiness in other countries – because, like, let's say it's really hard for you to lose weight based on your genetics. But if you were on an island where no one else is there, like, the fact that other people have it easier wouldn't really even affect you because you just don't yeah. see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So same with the pretty privilege. Like, some people are probably going to be more attractive, attractive than you, and they're going to have benefits because of that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you should let that discourage you yeah. from trying mm-hmm. to get a job or stuff like that. Yeah. So. yeah. No, I definitely agree. But I think it's important to recognize those things. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. a lot of people will be, I think it's good to recognize the things that you have that are just lucky out of your control. Yeah. Because then it makes you more humble because you're not just like, oh, I did this all myself. Mm-hmm. There's probably aspects of that that are true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Everyone has that. Anyone yeah. else have a, that was a good time. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. So then I have one more question. At the end of each podcast, as you guys know, I ask, uh, what is like a significant thing you've learned in your life? that has had its impact on you. And I've already asked you guys that, so I'm not going to ask that again. I'm just going to ask like a slightly <laughs> altered version of the question. And honestly, your answers might still be the same. I just thought of this in the bathroom. Okay. <laughs> so what is something that you wish you've learned? What is something that you wish you learned earlier in life? Yeah. I don't have anything. If someone else wants to go first. Let me, let me let the, the processor go. <laughs> the processor. Try, try. Do you have an answer? So we could all think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Like you did your thinking in the bathroom, bro. Let us. Yeah, that's true. Okay. I'll just ramble on until you guys think of something. Uh, what is something that I wish I learned earlier? 
I have one now. Cause they got them. <laughs> <laughs> um, ultimately, you're in control of your destiny. You're the one. Well, we had a free will. <laughs> yeah, right? I'm not so sure about that. But, yeah. <laughs> but it, but it feels like you are. Um, so I think that you know, don't wait for something to happen to you. Be the person who does the thing for yourself. Proactive, not reactive. Exactly. I think that's very important. I, I got one too now. Um, so, um, I like always struggle with anxiety issues and like slowly I got better like going into college and I think one thing that like would have really helped me if I heard it earlier is like anxiety is just a feeling. Like a lot of the times it's not really like that threat is there and it feels like very much so like it is but it's just that feeling that like your biology is trying to tell you something um, but a lot of the times in our society now it's disordered to the point where it's like debilitating. Um, but if you kind of just recognize that it's just like something that's going to like happen um, and you just kind of like deal with that and accept it, um, then you don't get nearly as like disordered by it. I had a question based on that because yeah. I heard Sam Harris was talking about how the physiological feeling of anxiety is not that different from the feeling of excitement. Mm-hmm. It's more just the mental frame you put yourself yeah. in. So. Like he said, an example could be, let's say you're about to go on stage, you give a speech, you could feel anxiety and anxious, but if you try to, you could maybe set your mindset to be more like you're excited to go out on that and yeah. change the feeling to be better. Or the, the feeling stays the same, but the mindset around it changes. Do you feel like that's true? I feel like that is true, but like for someone with like me who has like really bad anxiety issues, it's really hard to convince myself that it's not anxiety. Um, and I like... I remember we talked about this. I think we were all in the same class for AP Psychology. We talked about like the Schachter two-factor um, theory of emotion where it's like you get the reaction and then what you like make of it is what you label it mentally. So like a lot of the time it's not like necessarily like concrete, but it's like the mental label you put on it is what you're going to feel. And for me, like I know I struggle with anxiety, so I often label it like that. But I think there is like a lot of power in like trying to change what you perceive it as. Or kind of just accepting it and not really like going deeper into that. Like, oh, I'm having anxiety. Like, and it makes you more anxious. Do you think anxiety could be more, not necessarily, you feel the sensations like way more than the average person, but rather you attribute like anxious thoughts to the feeling more than the average person? Yeah. I mean, there's like a lot of like people I feel like they might get like the same reactions, but there's certain people where it's like kind of what they would describe as like stickier um, for certain people. So like some people get stuck a lot more on the fact that they're like anxious and then they attribute like more and more like mental energy to trying to like combat it, which is like basically a form of resisting anxiety, which is like not a way to make it better. Um, So like I think certain people like feel it in the same ways, but they don't mentally process it in the same way. Mm -hmm. That's actually really interesting. Okay, thank you for that. All right, Henry. I think I have two things, right? So no, I only asked for one. <laughs> you know what? Now you get zero. <laughs> I was giving you a two for one deal, bro, but you decided to turn that down. Okay. So first thing I would say is that I wish I learned earlier how terrible of a feeling regret is. Regret is like the worst type of like pain, right? It's like it's persistent and it like gnaws on you. Like yeah. it doesn't go away because mm-hmm. like that, that event that still it still happened, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it just gnaws away at you. So I would say to like not do anything that you regret. Like obviously, right? But really take the time to make sure that your decisions are what you want and like 
that you are absolutely sure you will not regret yeah. not taking action or doing certain action. And also uh, another thing that I would uh, I wish I learned earlier is just that ultimately life is just taking things one step at a time. Like you can't do like multiple like I mean you technically can, but that's gonna <laughs> trip you up in like some yeah. severe ways. So and like it's just gonna be a lot easier on yourself if you uh-huh. just take things one at a time. Just keep moving forward one step at a time. Starting to think I should have gone first because I was just gonna say the contracts. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all have like no, much better. That's a vague idea, bro. That, I'm implementing that as soon as I yeah. go home today. You know, I'll change it to some. I'll try to. Basically, internal motivation is very important, mm-hmm. but human nature, right, can get in the way of internal motivation or can limit it. So, you know, I don't believe in free will. I think a lot of what you do is based on your environment and the things around you. So, recognizing that I think is important. Because then you could figure out ways to change your environment to work for you rather than just relying on pure like willpower. Mm-hmm. So that's where the contracts come in. They act as me controlling my environment, my external environment, to make me more predisposed to doing the actions I'd want to do. I'm so happy I was able to get all four of you or all three of you on. Yes. I remember I was literally uh I was like having a sleep. I couldn't fall asleep one night because I was just thinking about the podcast. And I was like, ah, oh, who would be a cool guest? And I was like, Brandon, Fahim, Henry. And I was like, imagine all three of them on at once. <laughs> so I'm like, it, it, the whole like thing you were saying about like being reactive versus proactive. I feel like in the past, I would have thought that, thought it was a cool idea, but then like be too afraid to text you guys about it. Mm-hmm. And like the fact that we did it now is just really mm-hmm. cool to me. Mm-hmm. I feel like You're just I'm saying that we're freaking awesome guests. Yes. You're all awesome. awesome. Yes. So I appreciate great. you guys all being on. Thank was, you. That was a great time. Thank you so was, much. This Brad. was awesome. You, I really you. enjoyed this. Yes.